Are you okay? Yeah. Yeah, we're fine. Must have been worse than I thought. I can give you a lift to a service station. Okay. I didn't know you had a baby. Oh, is that okay? The more the merrier. Shouldn't smoke. It's a bad habit. I think we just passed a filling station. It was closed. Do you always go around helping people in the night? When I'm done with them, they don't need much help. Shh, it's okay. Before I kill you, I'm gonna throw your baby out the window. Listening to the Buzz Kill Podcast. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. It is episode 127. Welcome to the Buzz Kill Podcast, where today we are talking about the joys of Snap, Crackle, Kill. Ugh. Is that right? That's it. Okay. <laughs> I always forget them right before I say them. <laughs> you're like, I got an idea for a title, and then I listen to you once, and then I forget it. If uh, if you're wondering what snap, crack, or kill means, it means we're talking about how when you're little and you eat cereal and then you choke on it, and, yeah. then, you're, and then you're dead. Oh, I was thinking about how like I always slayed boxes of Reese's Puffs. Oh, well, oh, you, you, your neighbor did. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. You, that's, that's a oh, fun. Is that backwards? Yeah, it was backwards. It yeah, I used to. Uh, me and my me and uh, I lived next door to my buddy Greg, and then me and my buddy Matt used to have big bowl cereal parties, mm-hmm. which was exactly what it sounded like. <laughs> we would just take a giant mixing bowl, fill it with an entire box of cereal, and eat. Eat the entire box with a like a big wooden mixing mixing spoon. Wow, you were you were the coolest kid. Yeah, we were so cool. This is when we were like <laughs> seventeen. Week, right? <laughs> so we weren't week. even kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, last week. And, uh, and and one day I go over to Greg's house and I wanted a snack and I I was comfortable enough in his house to where I would just you know I went and I got food. So I go and I pour myself the entire box of Reese's Puffs. <laughs> And I walk out, and he goes, is that my Reese's Puffs? And I go, no, I, I went over to my house, and I got this. This is from my house. And then I <laughs> ate the entire box. <laughs> and then he went to look for it later, and it was gone. And his mom would only buy him sugary cereal like once a year. <laughs> so he has never forgiven me for that. So, Greg, I know you're listening right now. I'm sorry, bud. I owe you big time. Uh, on that note, I'm Mike. <laughs> I'm Jim, and I'm Justin. And uh, yeah, so if, if you haven't figured it out, we uh, we're talking about serial killers. Serial today. killers, like real life serial killers. Yeah. With movies made around them. Yeah. Both I, of them. Pre- I think. Pretty, I think one of them dang... is. I think one of them is more loosely based, right? Uh, it is, but you'd be shocked how much it isn't. Really? Yeah. Did you I did, look, did I did you look a into lot it? I did research on both. Of these okay, today. cool. That's good because um, I didn't get a chance to do a lot of digging actually, around. So. I actually watched. So we we watched uh, the, the movies we're talking about, which we'll get more to later, are Zodiac and Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Yeah. And I actually watched a uh, uh, after. Well, we watched. Uh, I I watched Zodiac. Uh, 
two nights ago. I think it was Monday night I watched it. Mm-hmm. And in the time since I finished it, I actually watched um, I watched an entire miniseries based on the Zodiac Killer <laughs> <laughs> that was on the History Channel. It was only five episodes long, and they're like 45 minutes an episode. So but, that's pretty um, much the length of the full Zodiac movie, then. <laughs> pretty much. Because it is nine and a half movie. hours long. It's a very, very It's long incredible movie. how much stuff they pack into that movie. Yeah, I have, I have thoughts about how they did it, though. Yeah. Uh, I... I yeah, I don't know. I um. Well, overall, I thought both movies were really awesome, though. What'd you think, Mike? I thought they were really good. I liked them both. What'd you think, Tony? They're great. Yes, thank you. Crack <laughs> 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 oh, ourselves. Oh boy! Though. All right. Um. Anyway, yeah. So uh, I'll yeah, we'll get into that though. Um. I liked them both though. I liked them a lot. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, like I said, the um, the miniseries that I watched was uh, I just kind of watched it at night. Before I went to bed, I, mm-hmm. I probably missed some of it, but um, did you have nightmares? Nightmares? No, I did not. About the zodiac? I did not. Actually, I find the zodiac fascinating. Oh yeah, absolutely fascinating. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and I want to keep watching more stuff after this now, just because <laughs> like I'd always known a little bit about about the zodiac, mm-hmm. but not like a terrible amount, I guess. Yeah. So now I'm just like ingesting like all of this. I'm just. As as I was rewatching the movie, I was like, I like I, I like watching stuff that people have already figured out. But at the same time, watching Jake Gyllenhaal spiral into this like madness because uh-huh. of all this research, I was like, I kind of want to do that. Like I, w- I want to find some case that's unsolved, and I want to spiral right. a little bit. It looks it looks cool. <laughs> I want my life to fall apart for my wife to leave me and never see my kids again. Well, you know, I'd stop before that happened, but because because I you, would, James? because I would solve it. The downward spiral is a real thing. Yeah, I know. I'm, I've been watching you do it for ten years. <laughs> oh, ouch! Oh, that uh, hurts. <laughs> I'm on tonight. You're in for it. All right. Well, <clears throat> anyway, we didn't talk about what we've been doing this week, but I, I really didn't do much. anything very my interesting. Life, my life at this point consists of watching stuff for the show, uh, doing schoolwork, getting my learn on. It's still weird every time you say it. Hearing, trying, hearing you say schoolwork. Trying to fit a girlfriend in some time. You're trying to fit her in? <laughs> I caught that the wrong way at first, but I, I see where you're going. Okay. Oh, uh, boy. Yep. All I'm, right. I'm in trouble tonight, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, probably. That's all right, though. You've said much, much worse about my wife. Uh, yeah, so I, I haven't really been up to much. Jay, did you do anything this week? Oh, I finally bought my airline tickets to be able to make it to my wedding, so. Oh, I'm nice. Going, I'm going to my wedding. Did you, Congratulations find, a, did you find a good deal? Yeah. Good. So, what airline are you are you flying? Delta. What flight number specifically? <laughs> one. <laughs> What's your home phone number and home address? Also one. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's it. All right. Well, I don't have a good segue. So. Speaking of things you just fucked up. Yeah. Let's talk about some corrections from last week. Stupid! You're so stupid! All right, we're gonna we're gonna reel this back in and uh, be professional because oh. that's that's what we do. Were we not being professional? No, especially last week when we said a whole bunch of dumb oh, shit. God. Okay. Uh, so first off, Japanese beetles do not bite. They don't. They do not bite. I call bullshit. Now, now you had said because you guys were telling the story about how Jancy Pants got a beetle in his ear, and you're saying that it was a Japanese beetle. Yeah, bro. I think that what you were referring to, if I can open the old trusty Google machine here. You should have had this pulled up already. I did, it's right here. 
I think what you're thinking of are Asian lady beetles. Oh. Because they look like ladybugs. Yeah. That's, so the thing that's the, what I think that you're oh. looking at. So, so when you were talking about the iridescent wings. Japanese beetles okay. do have iridescent All right. well, bodies. Bodies. Um, Body. I, most people probably know knows what a Japanese beetle is because they're not stupid like you. But I'm going to pull up a... <laughs> That's a Japanese beetle. That's so mean. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So, so I was right in what I was talking about, but you were thinking that, but talking about the Asian lady beetle. They kind, they which re- is really weird because you're usually pretty on the ball when it comes to Asian ladies. I'm just saying. <laughs> so I don't know how you fucked this one up, but you did. <laughs> These things remind me of a pair of shoes that I uh, I I covet. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's if you I could have, buy. You have iridescent shoes. If I there's there's one specific pair of shoes that if I if I chose to drop a bunch of money on a pair of shoes, uh, it's this pair of shoes and uh, these beetles kind of remind me of that. Mm. Yep. Gotcha. So anyway, um, the other one is uh, Javier Botet was not in the Tall Man movie. Okay. However, he did play the Slender Man in the Slender Man movie. Oh. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, I hate to do this. Oh, gosh. I hate to do this. I have to correct Jay. What? Oh, no. I don't even you're, say much in this show, let it, alone enough to t- say something you're, wrong. Uh, you're stupid, t- tell me. Oh, your, it wasn't the stupid your, fact. Your stupid fact of the week was even more stupid than it should have been because oh, it was no. indeed not a fact. What? Oh. So your stupid fact last week was that on the Canadian uh, $2 bill and subsequent 5 and $10 bill, I think you said, uh, that the American flag is flying above Parliament. Uh-huh. Now... I see the, the it's the, a fact. So the rumor, so the rumor here got started because it does indeed look like it. However, excuse me, what it actually is, there's a name for the flag and I should have written it down and I didn't. But it looks like the old stars and stripes with the with the uh, the top corner being a solid heavier color. Is it the Union flag? It's, no, okay. no. What it is is it's the it's the it's the British flag. I believe it's the British flag that's up where the stars would be on the American flag. Okay. And then the, where the stripes would be, it's all red with like a British seal down in the corner. So when it's super tiny oh. and like super like like tiny on the on the dollar right, or on right. the two dollar bill, yeah. you can't really make out what's even on it. All you see is the, the darkened upper corner mm. and that's it. So it looks like yeah. So so you can actually see here on the actual bill down in the other corner. See that dark spot? There's a little symbol, right? That's where the crest is. We'll all be dipped. Uh, and like I said, there there is an actual name for that flag. I didn't write it down. Yeah, it's but, called um, the American flag. <laughs> <laughs> now shut up and move on. It's called, it's called the Stars and Stripes. What are you... Now you know what that is. That's the American flag, but there's a stain on it, and that stain is Canada. That's uh, There you that's go. What it no, is. no, that stain is Ohio. That stain... <laughs> I'm just gonna. I've just made up my mind. I'm just gonna relentlessly make fun of Ohioans from now on. I mean, that, that's fine. We've already been doing it. We <laughs> might as well continue. <laughs> uh, uh, right, anyway, anyway, that's uh, that's all I got. Sorry, Jay. Uh, I, I, I'll, I will redeem myself you be, this evening. Yeah, you better have a good one. I, I don't mean to uh, single you out there, but you know that's understandable though. That one's understandable. Yeah, no, it is. They say it does look like it. Yeah, but so anyway, uh, like we said earlier. Uh, I do that a lot. It's fucking. It's like people who say. It's like people who say like a lot. I'm so, I'm surprised you just don't say. Don't you know? Uh, don't you? Yeah, I guess it kind of is like a sort of a. It's from my bad ex upraising. It's a youper. It's a youper talk. <laughs> people in bad ex kind of. They kind of talk like youpers. They do, and like and um, 
what's the other state where they talk like that? Uh, Minnesota. Wisconsin. Minnesota, yeah. Uh, Wisconsin. Because well, I Wisconsin's asked you about your dad before. I said, was your dad from an is your dad Minnesotan? From is he Canadian for background? My dad's actually He's a... He's got a little bit of that youp in him a little, little bit, but my, not much. My dad's actually a spy from Canada. No, no. His mom's got a little youp in her. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Talking about sex with my mom. Zinga. Uh... <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> moving on to the show this week. Yep. Like we said, we're uh, talking about serial killers. Uh, we figure uh, I watched the Ted Bundy tapes or the Jeffrey Dahmer tapes. Which one is it? Ted Bundy. Yeah. I watched the. <laughs> you just watched well, them. How do you forget that? Because <laughs> there's other ones I've watched too. Yeah. Um, there's that really popular Netflix uh, Ted Bundy confession tapes or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The Ted Bundy t- tapes. Yeah. It was um, good. It was really good. Yeah. yeah. I learned a lot more about that guy than I knew. Yeah. I had no idea that he escaped from prison twice. Neither did I. I knew the first time. That's wild. Dude just stopped eating and slipped through like a hole in the ceiling. That's so that's a that's commitment too. Right? He dropped like thirty pounds so that he could slip through the light above his bed. Fucking respect, right? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> if it weren't for all the killing broads across the US, I'd I'd be like, that's pretty impressive, man. Right. Um anyway, so that's like super popular. Uh I just watched it. I yeah, I think you just watched it. Did you watch it, Jay? I did. I watched I was able to see the first uh, about forty five minutes of it. And, that, <laughs> and that's the, the only time I was allotted for it. Um <laughs> But uh, but yeah no so on on the heels of that I wanted to, to uh, do some movies I've been wanting to watch Zodiac again for a long time yeah and I I almost hate to admit this I've never actually seen the full Henry so uh, yeah I, I don't I, I don't think I had ever seen it, it in its entirety either and yeah. Uh, yeah I'm glad I finally saw it yeah so because um, it's considered a, a classic oh yeah kind of it, it, classic, it's one of those, right? it's on like everybody's list of movies that you need to see like, sure. it's which it's not for everybody, which and we'll get into it. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's what we're. Uh, yeah, so we we're watched. talking about those two movies, and uh, in honor of that, young Michael here went out and got from Arcadia Ales, which is from right here in Battle Creek, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Not right here, over there. Over yonder. Over yonder. <clears throat> um, this is serial killer barley wine ale. And it I is. Did, a, I had to make up for that bad beer last week that didn't really fit. Oh yeah. So this one's like literally could not be more on the nose. Would you say this one is a uh, ten percenter? Ten percenter, yeah. It's, a, it's the old ten percenter there. And uh, you better enjoy this one because it was not not the cheapest four pack of beer. How much was it? Eighteen bucks. Eighteen bucks. My God. My God. All right, serial killer barley wine ale brewed in the traditional. Brewed in the tradition of English-style barley wine, Serial Killer offers an explosion of full-bodied liquid goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You knew what you were doing. <laughs> Robust multi-flavors converge... Ooh. <laughs> See a doctor. Robust multi-flavors converge with caramel. Caramel or car- caramel? Caramel. Caramel, yeah. Caramel, toffee, molasses, and dark fruit notes to produce a remarkably complex yet palate-pleasing beer. Its intense malt character is complemented by a subtle citrus finish from the hops, with cellar aging up to 10 years. Wow. Serial Killer's flavor evolves further, developing a sherry-like aroma and flavor similar to a cask-aged port. This is a... <laughs> I was going to say flavor similar to a cat. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We shall see. This is a big beer. True to our original vision, we have taken a traditional style and tweaked it a bit. Delicious on its own, Serial Killer is also brilliant with many foods or as a digestif. Hmm. Mm, they went French with it right at the end there. Serial <laughs> uh, Killer re- received a prestigious silver medal for barley wine at the 2007 Great American Beer Festival, 
Why have we never been to that? I have no idea. After 18 months of barrel aging, this amazing ale transformed silver into gold, winning the gold medal for for wood and barrel aged strong beer at the 2009 GABF. The Gab. F- <laughs> <laughs> you going to the Gab f- so here? The only other barley wine I believe that we've had. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was Bigfoot big, Stick? Bigfoot Stick, yeah. right? So, uh, uh, so that's we did that's have a Sas- second one on here. Did that's we? Sasquatch yeah, not too long ale. Ago. What was it? It, well, I thought it wasn't like in the last couple months or so. Cause oh, we, didn't yeah. we do the you, gym doing Bigfoot bringing barley wine back? Yeah, that was for that was no, that was last week, wasn't that was, it? Yeah, we just we, did that because of the, we just the, did it because. Oh no, it was when we were talking about uh, the assassin squid. Yes. The because yeah. Bigfoot made a reappearance. What do you mean, Jim? Bigfoot was in the. In oh, the house. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh right. yeah. Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Damn Sam Squanch. That's Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Why has that not been a porno? <laughs> I'm sure it has. Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Just like the hairiest, like the just giant just bodybuilder big. of a woman, like hairy. <laughs> oh, I was I was picturing a dude where like uh, his, his bush is so big that the girl has to like dig around and find his dick in it. <laughs> Gross. It's like, why would, would, like, I could see you telling us about that, but why were you picturing it? Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, cheers, boys. <laughs> Never mind. Ooh. Ooh, that's good. Wow. That's very good. Ooh. I you can drink like ten it? of these. Whoa. There was not... something on the back end that was that sherry flavor I think they were talking about. I thought about. you were gonna say shit. Is that, <laughs> is that, is that, shit. Uh, just a hint of someone's shit in my no, cocoa you know, puffs. You know what it actually sort of tastes like on the front end? It's like sweet. Like it's really, really it is sweet. sweet. Yeah. It's almost like a uh, like a caramel macchiato or something like that. Like it's um. It, it 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 really is very. It's got that nutty, dark brownie yeah, kind of like Newcastle kind of like vibe a little I, bit at first. That and I then... use that as the de- descriptor, but it is very sweet though. I I agree with you. I like it. Robust wow, multi that, flavors. That back end I was not expecting though. Mm. I I really do expect it in the back end, but <laughs> it's a pleasant surprise usually. Just just love a good back ending, you know. Mm. <sighs> mm. I like it. It's good. I feel like this is one of the one of the uh, beers that you could put down in your basement for a few years, though. Yep. Let it sit, like uh, the the uh, Goose Island. What the hell? Uh, Bourbon County Stout. Uh-huh. That shit's so good once you've been once you let it sit around for a while, and then <clears> you <throat> come back and you drink it when there's chunks of stuff in there that looks just like actual cereal. Exactly. Killing it. All right. Well, that's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. Let's get into the bleed feed. Mike doesn't like this beer. No. <laughs> Okay. All right. No, no. It's okay now. No. I'm changing oh. it. Oh, gosh. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. You can't throw curveballs at me like that. <laughs> in, in between. Shut up. Sorry. Did I just hear that you guys are having a friend's monopoly night tomorrow no, no, and no. I didn't get invited? So, breaking news. Our co-host James here has never played Monopoly before. I've never pr- played a proper game of Monopoly. I've gotten the board out and like <laughs> looked at it. A couple d- done things. I don't know. It always You've well, done things to the board. I've done, oh. done dirty things with that thimble. <laughs> Sounds about right. The right size. No. I, <laughs> wah, wah. I believe you. I quit. No. Hey. During during the music, when I looked at you and I said, "Jay, have you ever played Monopoly?" It was because I was working up to asking you if you wanted to come play with us. 
Where's he going? He's leaving. I, I, I don't know. Jay, we don't know how to punch in our own, <laughs> our own fuck-ups. We need an adult. We've lost our Jay. Oh, he's going to get Monopoly. Like, we could play on the air. Oh, I'm down. Let's... Oh, I know what he's getting. I know what it's he's getting. It's behind the wiener and Cox bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, for those of you, for those of you in the know, uh, Jay actually has a bag down here that is from the Wiener and Cox attorneys at law, and we thought it was fake once upon a time, but called it. It's totally real. Oh, it's the. Uh, all right. Speaking of board games and mm. things that may or may not be games, I have something to will to Mike. Yes. Right now, since give, you brought it up, give me my good old. Ouija board. <laughs> the Ouija. Oh, it's that Ouija board. My Ouija. Ouija board. Yes. Just for you. Is this the one that you conjured spirits on in this house? It was. Yes. I'm so into this. I don't I know, dude. Back in there, so you can you can bring them back. I don't know. As yeah. I as I get older, like Ouija boards seem like something I want to fuck with less and less. <laughs> no way. I'm into it. There's like nothing to it. It's just the board and the. Yeah, it's the board and a planchette. What do you think a Ouija board is, dude? That's all it is. You've done Ouija board before, right? Get off, I think get it's off actually nuts, I think it's actually pronounced Ouija. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, it's Ouija. I'm okay. just going to leave this sitting open and just sitting here <laughs> while if, we're on the show and see if that thing moves. If that thing itself. moves, it's going to be so awesome. Right. Except it, except it gives you uh, the only instruction instructions it gives you is how to apply the felt to the bottom of the planchette <laughs> so that you don't scratch up your Ouija board. <laughs> What are you gonna have like That's demon it. conjuring instructions in there? Like, <laughs> well, yeah, I'd hope for it. Anyway, right. what's uh? Okay, so uh, no deaths this week. Oh, good. That's, that's that's a good thing. I mean, probably there was somewhere, but somewhere but in the world. Not no one in the horror world. Okay. So that, that's that's good news. Good. That's always um, a good week. Okay. However, there are deaths to um to just. We'll get into it. Um. <laughs> So we talked about good. last week or the week before or something like that, that the CW is, is going to be launching a new Lost Boys TV series. Of course. Uh, we learned, we learned, we learned, we learned, we learned this week uh, that the Frog Brothers are now going to be known as the Frog Sisters. Oh. They are gender swapping the Frog Brothers. Okay. My. Uh-oh. Why? <laughs> I, I just don't understand why they keep trying to gender swap things like you're I I, I I understand that it's done in the spirit of inclusivity and they I want don't, they want to represent these these, these female characters sure. more and i'm all about that yeah. however just make some new female characters right you know like you're adapting a story that has characters that are already there it's it's the same thing with the ghostbusters thing like some people like that movie and that's fine right but i don't understand why you had to gender swap ghostbusters like it just Make a new team. Make a new supernatural team. Start your own franchise. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't. It's a have, touchy topic, but like, I don't I have, have a. It and it does. It does get touchy, especially. I mean, like, you could even get some hate for saying what you just said. But who gives a fuck? No. Um, I don't have a problem with gender swapping when it's done right, but like, in 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 instances such as these, it seems like you're. It it's it's like you're. It, They're forcing it. You're forcing it, yeah. Like I'm all for inclusivity and yes. I'm all for I'm all for strong women in, in horror roles. Yeah, bring I'm it for on. strong women all together. That's awesome. But beat uh, you like, up a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Beat me up, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm being a sexist. But uh <laughs> it, it, yeah, it just feels it feels a little forced. Yeah, like, I just don't understand why it needs to happen. Like it, it just seems like it's somebody somewhere trying to make somebody happy like or trying I, to be like I don't know. take like like gender swapping and take like 
I, like one uh, one example where I think it's pretty cool. They did American Psycho, mm-hmm. and they flipped it, and they did American Mary. It's a completely separate story, completely different movie. You're taking you're taking uh, an idea and then gender swapping it. Yeah, this is not an idea though. These are characters who are already set in stone in the annals of history of horror movies. Sure. So why? Yeah, I just I don't know. I, I just. Corey Feldman's gonna look terrible in drag. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he'll look all right. Uh, anyway, though, that will be coming soon. Uh, that is in production. Uh, so speaking of uh, once once again, we love women. We do, and we we appreciate strong women in movies and TV shows. I would I want more of them. Just but we're also allowed to complain a little yeah. bit. So screw off. So speaking of this Olaja board, Olaja, uh, I have a lot. I have three separate board game news. Mm-hmm. Because Toy Fair was this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, first up, you have a company called Ravensburger. First off, great name. Um, they make dope puzzles. <laughs> they so, do. Ravensburger makes the best puzzles. Okay, so, well, they're about to make the best board games. Because Ravensburgers uh, is making a game called Horrified. Which is a Universal Monster-themed board game. Nice. Officially licensed and everything. Cool. Uh, it says, uh, one to five player games comes with a high-quality sculpted fin- uh, miniatures of Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, the Wolfman, the Mummy, the Invisible Man, and the Creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, basically, your village is being terrorized by uh, the monsters, and you need to, you and your friends, work together to take them down. Cool. It's basically monster, uh, or... Uh, uh, um, What's that movie? Mixtape Massacre? What f- no, what the fuck? Oh. Why can't I think oh, of that Oh, uh, Monster Squad. Yeah, thank you. It's basically Monster Squad the movie. Cool. Which is pretty awesome. Uh, that comes you out- mean Monster Squad the board game? You said Monster Squad the movie. Yeah, Monster yes. Squad the movie is Monster Squad the movie. All of those things. <laughs> um, this is going to come out August 1st for uh, 35 bucks. Not bad. Uh, this one is even better. Ravensburger, again, oh. is also making a Jaws board game. Mm. Good old Jaws. Uh, so this is really, really cool. I'm going to get this probably the day it comes out because it sounds awesome. The game is played in two acts, right? So the board in Act 1 is Amity Island. Uh, I'm just <coughs> reading the description here. The shark prowls secretly through the waters around the island, attacking swimmers and avoiding capture. Meanwhile, the other players try to pinpoint the shark's location while also saving the tourists. So one player is the shark. Oh, cool. Which is really, really cool. Yeah, that's fun. Um, now, once you find the shark, you clear everything off the board, you flip the board over, and it's a completely different board game now. Really? This brings in Act 2. In Act 2, uh, the Orca, it's called Act 2 the Orca, uh, which I don't know why it's called Orca, oh, Orca, the boat, duh. Uh, experience <laughs> the climactic battle aboard the slowly sinking Orca. Uh, Brody, Hooper, and Quint are all well armed, but they don't know where the Great White will strike next. So the person who's playing Bruce the shark if yes. you don't know who Bruce is uh, so they they don't actually have a, a character on the board I don't know I mean the game's not out yet so I have no idea how it exactly I just, it plays uh, I, but... I don't understand how you would keep it secret you know what I mean yeah no that's true it's probably... so it must unless you have like a you must have like a separate like a know, battleship like a kind of separate thing little like playing pad or something where you keep track of where you are. Yep, I, I don't think know. So. It sounds cool though. But that, that that comes out in June and it's only thirty bucks. Cool. So I will be purchasing that for <clears throat> shizzle. Nice. Uh, the last one, uh, friend of the show and uh, f- sometime sometimes he's on the show. Our buddy Tank mm-hmm. will be very happy about this. 
Tank is uh, Tank dabbles in the D and D. That's not Dingles and Dicks. It's Dungeons and Dragons. Probably Dingles and Dicks too. A little though. bit, yeah. Um, <laughs> Tank plays D and D, and uh, he can rejoice because they're finally getting a Stranger Things starter pack. Nice for Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, will you be uh, the wise Dunstan the Dwarf? Get your fireballs ready as you investigate the mysterious castle and battle the ferocious Demogorgon. Prepare for just about anything because the game <clears throat> just got stranger. So oh. it's uh, so it's is it so you're not actually playing as the kids in Stranger Things. You're playing as their characters in their ongoing <coughs> D and D game from Stranger Things. I is believe that so. Right? Yeah, because it's Will the Wise. Oh, I said I said this wrong. Will you be Will the Wise or Dustin the Dwarf? Oh, that, okay. That's Never what mind. I meant. Oh, you go. said Dunstan the Dwarf. So I... <laughs> Dunstan checks in. It's the monkey. Um, yeah, so it sounds like you're playing okay. the characters in their game. Is what yeah. it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. So pretty cool though. If you're into D and D, that uh, that's just just nerdy enough for you. Yep. Um, let's see here. Uh, Greg Nicotero shared the first image from the new Creep Show series. Did you see it? Uh, yeah. Um, what do you think of it? Um, you're talking about the skeleton standing outside the window. Yep. Um. I wasn't super in love with it, but um, I also didn't hate it. I thought it was... Oh, yeah? <laughs> Why? Like, I don't know. It just looks terrible. It doesn't look good. It looks like a mask. It, look, it looks like a bad Halloween mask. What did frankly. you think, Tony? They're great! <laughs> <laughs> See? Well, Tony, you don't count. Tony Tony agrees um, with me. I just think it looks bad, quite frankly. I think it looks like it looks like Greg Nicotero has been doing The Walking Dead for the last seven years and doesn't know how to do anything that isn't a zombie. Yeah. And it looks like the Halloween mask version of that. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's... It was just a... There was an image and then there was a, like a gif, too, right? I didn't see the gif, if there was one. I just saw the image. Um... I was not a fan of their poster art they put out. I thought that was bad. Yeah. I'm not a fan of this first screenshot, so I'm I'm still holding my reservations for the actual product, but mm-hmm. they got to step up their game because they're losing me. <laughs> like they haven't, they're not selling me yet. I'll tell if, you that much. If you're listening, Greg, you got to step up your game because yeah. Mike is feeling a little unsure about it. <laughs> D- yes. <laughs> and you heed, gotta heed and you, my words. And you gotta please Mike. <laughs> I'm a Mike pleaser. I know it's the best way to get through life. It's just always please my man. <laughs> What's new on blue? Oh boy. Okay, so you guys were you guys were finding uh, our friend Tony the Tiger there, so I decided to take a few liberties with this one, so hold on to your butts. New from Eureka <laughs> New from Eureka Entertainment. <laughs> Fan, oh. Fans in the UK will get, be getting a brand new spanking... What the fuck is... <laughs> brand new the fuck? Let me start over. Okay, so the fans, fans in the UK are not getting a brand new spanking. Oh, now you're letting them down. <laughs> they will be getting a brand spanking new Blu-ray of Cujo, the heartwarming tale of a boy and his dog. This good boy is coming home and dropping over seven hours of extra content on your doorstep. I don't want to speak... For everyone, but don't sit on this one. Shake off the dust from your region-free player and fetch this one on April 29th. You're going to roll over with delight. So get a fresh jar of Skippy and whip out your nuts because this pooch is looking to have a ball. <laughs> I, think, I think you need a spanking. I, I, I think spanking fit appropriately at that end part. This is what I do when you guys take too long to get oh, set up. Oh, He made kids, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it involved a spanking. Ooh. <laughs> hey, Mikey, how you uh, liking that beer there? Uh, so, so we took a break. <laughs> we took a break this last time. Um, I'm, I kept telling them how my beer tasted weird. We both thought Mike just had, like, M- Mike's famous for having a trash palate. No, my, so we're like... My, the, the trashiness of my palate has evolved. Right. I think that it's pretty good now. Of course, Well, yeah. I mean, Bud Light is too hopsy for him, so... <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man. Listen, I need that, I need that Mick Ultra. Um, no, I kept thinking that this had like a really bad aftertaste, and they all loved it. So I'm thinking I'm just crazy. And I finally made them taste it, and there's it's awful. Yeah. My my one beer out of this four pack. Yeah, tasted we, like shit. We just cracked the fourth one out of the four pack, and he's and drinking that one now, huh? and he likes it. So for some reason, one beer out of this four pack tastes like shit. Yeah. It's we, got this back end on it that just like. Like I was saying, it like it it's like a spike in flavor and it just yeah. like travels like like up, a weird up your throat. Like, like a weird sour shimmer that just like yeah, travels yeah. through your nostrils. It's gross. Yeah. So anyway. I don't know how that happened. Uh, just to round this off, I've only got two this week. Uh, before the release of the new Pet Cemetery, the original adaptation will be getting a special 30th anniversary release on Blu-ray and 4K Ultra HD on March 26th. I think I've already talked about that before. You have. But we've just learned that Best Buy and FYE will be getting exclusive releases in stunning steelbook packaging. Yes. Courtesy of Mondo. Uh, the Steelbooks will feature artwork by Mike Saputo. The 4K Ultra HD version will be an exclusive to Best Buy, and the Blu-ray is an exclusive to Fye. Oh. So, Mike, so you, so you got to go to Fye to get it. Is that what you're saying? Uh, the well, you can get the 4K Ultra HD from Best Buy Which, and the Blu-ray from Gotcha Fye. Get some going to Fye because I don't need 4K Ultra Blu-ray. Right. Am I the only one that thinks that the <clears throat> the jump between Blu-ray? And 4K is not enough to start rebuying movies. I honestly, I don't think I've ever seen a 4K. I don't think it. Is. Ultra people, HD release. You know, like, like, these these. Um, I don't know anybody with a 4K TV. So. These picture purists will tell you that it is for mm. sure, and I get it. There is a little bit. So I mean, if that's if that's your thing, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I said the same thing about DVD to Blu-ray for the longest time. Like hey, it's not <clears> big enough. Well, that was just because I didn't want to start rebuying all my stuff right which i'm not um that being said the jump between dvd and blu-ray is significant right the jump between in my opinion i've seen them the jump between blu-ray to 4k it just ain't there it's like it's not enough for me to go out and spend all the money negligible on, yeah like wait for like 8k I think is the word you're looking wait for, for like 8k i mean 8k already exists does um, it i don't know whether or not it's going to take off <clears throat> who knows maybe digital is the next frontier Maybe you're not even going to be able to buy physical media anymore. I have no idea. I think the next but big step is smell-o-vision. I like it. You know? I like it. Like like Pet Cemetery, you can actually smell the rotting corpse of Gage. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> wow. That's, Smell-o-vision. Plus, that's um, a good pun. Or they start redoing all the movies in, like, VR. Can you imagine watching, like, The Devil's Rejects in VR? Like, you're Ooh. in the room with them it'd be weird or like watching kickboxer and john claude van damme is just like repeatedly kicking you in the head amazing <laughs> can you uh can can you take basically any movie and watch it on vr um the I've, way that it works is that it makes you feel like you're in a movie theater yeah so you see the screen above you but you can look around like you're in a movie theater really and it, it gives off the illusion <clears throat> that you're watching a humongous screen yeah. i feel like that's um, actually it's actually really really cool is it cool i would love to have one i've never even um, tried on a pair of vr goggles so i have no idea what i it's... would love to get playstation vr yeah, but I also don't have a PS4, so we're looking at about five hundred bucks for a PS4, and Plus then another, another five hundred dollars for the VR. Yeah. Not doing it. No, not happening. Um, 
Samsung. Unless, unless this uh, unless this show gets some sponsors. Yeah, right. Uh, Samsung <laughs> actually looking... has their Gear VR, which you hook your phone up to it, um, and you can get them for free a lot when you get new phones. I feel like it, that has to be bad for your eyes. I've having having no, a screen that close to your eyes. I've I've actually looked that up before, and there's no studies that say that it's bad. Really? I mean, granted, it's not been long term yet, but. I guess I'm just stuck in like the, you know, your your mom would tell you when you were younger not to sit too close to the television because you'll destroy your eyes. Well, yeah, that's because moms are bitches. <laughs> there's no, Jude! There's no there's no factual part to that. It's my mom you're talking about, man. <laughs> no, my mom did it too. No, she's a bitch. <laughs> Damn it, Barb. Hey! Take it back. Sorry. I take everything back. No, it was like, it was just like, it was like an old wives' tale. Like, it just, it's like a thing that you teach your kids not to do because it's... it's I don't know. Really? I think because I feel like even now there's they talk about uh, not letting your kids hold their iPads and stuff too close to their face. You know what I mean? Well, during de- de- uh, developmental sure. stages, yeah. Well, I mean that's when we, as kids we were sitting right in front of the TV, touche, playing Mario Kart and shit. Touche. I still do that. You know what I mean? Actually, but I guess what's the difference between that and sitting twenty feet away from a gigantic screen? That's true. You know what I mean? That's true. Why do I keep saying you know what I mean? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You know what I, mean? You know what I mean? just watched Ernest Scared Stupid the other night. <laughs> did you really? I did. God, I love I that up, movie. I set up my new uh, movie man cave in my basement, and I popped in Ernest Scared Stupid when I was done, <laughs> and I watched it. <laughs> and I just watched the episode of How I Met Your Mother yesterday, where Barney was like, hey, who's this guy right here? And Robin's like, oh, that's the great man, Ernest, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, who plays him? <laughs> Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Varney. Look, Jim Varney. Look at we all seen some Ernest stuff recently. There you go. There you go. Uh, not me. Last thing I watched was Ernest Saves Christmas. Mm, when it up. came out. <laughs> <laughs> 23 years ago. <laughs> yeah, um, that's it. That's it for Blu-rays. All right, cool. Uh, let's see here. My last bit of news this is actually really cool. There's a show that I know that you really liked. I think that we've talked about this before. Yeah. Jim Henson's The Storyteller. Oh, Yes. It was that fun fact that's the very first, when I first got my Netflix subscription, mm-hmm. uh, this was back in the Harbors days, so it was probably 20, two, th- 2008, so 11 years ago, that was the very first thing that I ever watched on Netflix was uh, Jim Henson's Storytellers. Yeah. yeah. So, have you heard this news yet? <clears throat> no. Okay, so you'll be excited about this. Uh, with the, the Dark Crystals getting its own series reboot on okay. Netflix, and now uh, Jim Henson Company is bringing the storyteller back and they're going to be redoing the storyteller. It is going to be show ran by Neil Gaiman. Oh, really? Which I think is an incredible choice. Yeah. Like that that dude like cuz like the, the the storyteller was all about like folklore <clears throat> and like right, right. these these like these fairy tales and stuff like that. Neil Gaiman that, that that's his like bread and butter. Neil Gaiman if you don't know After, is like, the God's, uh, uh, yeah, um American Gods. American Gods, yeah. yeah. Um, um, and he, like he did like the Sandman uh, books, I believe, and like he did a ton, didn't he? Didn't uh, he do I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's done a, a and shit he did ton that. Of stuff. Uh, um, uh, like Norse Norse mythology yeah. book. Yep. Yeah. So this is like right up his alley. Yeah, that's um, awesome. So I'm real excited for that. I think that's a perfect fit. And, somebody's um, somebody's gonna have some uh, big shoes to fill for the storyteller though, because John Hurt was awesome. Oh, was John was John Hurt? Yeah. I don't think I knew that. Mm-hmm. He was so good. Get the guy that did Tony the Tiger. Oh, Thurl Ravenscroft. Is he still alive? I don't know. I have no idea. Folklore. Bring him back from the dead. <laughs> Just bring, well, okay. If you're going to do that. <laughs> okay. They're food. Um, <laughs> if you're going to bring people back from the dead, just bring John Hurt back. That's true. You know. 
let him do it. After he died in Alien. <laughs> no, that's when he died, right? <laughs> yeah, that was the one. <laughs> All right. All right. That's, uh, uh, that, that's it for uh, the news. Cool. That's it for the news. All right. Well, that brings us to our stupid fact of the day today. And this one is going to be a legit fact, just you're, like last week's you're, was. You're <laughs> under the microscope, Jay. Get out of here, Canada. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So because metal was scarce, the Oscars given out during World War II were made of wood. Look at that. Would you look at that? <laughs> They're wood. <laughs> does, that, does that mean that all the winners were given woodies? <laughs> Wait, are, what, is that what the is that what the VPN awards are called? Are they called woodies? I don't know. Because maybe. they should be, right? I, sure. What's the VPMs? Uh, the uh, VPN, the um, or no, a a. What are they called? The I, adult I have no a- idea what you're talking about. AVMs? AVN. Adult uh, Video... No, AVA... I don't know. Awards? <laughs> I have no idea. It's are you the, talking about the Porn Awards? It's the Porn Awards, oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Why don't they just call it the Porn Awards? Don't try and class it up. Don't try and church it up. We know what you're doing. Bunch of whores. <laughs> <laughs> this, it's working class, wow. James. Give him a break. All wow. right. Well, anyway, this, this hey. This took a weird turn. Jay. There we go. So, boom! That was the news. Cool, thank you. Why is that a weird turn? Why is us suddenly talking about porn a weird turn? Baby. (laughs) Gotcha. That was good. Did you really not say it earlier? No. Wow. No, sure didn't. Snuck that one right past you. You are really coming along. All right, um, we are going to take a break and regroup here uh, because the next uh, 45 minutes or so is actually going to be Probably pretty heavy talk because lots of lots of death of real people. Um, yeah, mm, I have no respect for the dead, so I'm not t- I'm not planning on getting serious. Throughout this, you'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic macabre, torturous images that defy description. James, I have something to apologize to you about. What? During the very beginning of the show, in the intro, James and I always have a drum off, right? We drum hardcore that intro, or we put our hearts and soul into it, Mm -hmm. and I missed it with you this time. Yeah, you really did. I was tweaking a couple things, moving some some levers or swatches or whatever they do in the recording studios. And, he has uh, no idea what they do in recording studios. <laughs> not at all. And I was moving those swatches. And, uh, swatches. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I missed the drum off with you, and I'm sorry, bud. I uh, I felt alone, but I did, that's, that's no- new. I did notice something. My my double bass was more on point oh. without you there. Oh, okay. It's almost like, um, it's almost like I don't need you. I don't feel the same way. I, I wish I knew how to quit you or how, whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could quit you. <laughs> it's okay, Jay. Give That's me, it. Give me we'll, one of those. We'll, I'll drum extra hard next time for you. Uh, good. <laughs> All right. So, uh, and I will take a video of it. On this episode of uh, Are You Smarter Than a Serial Killer, um, we're going to start with Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. Did you say, Are You Smarter Than a Serial Killer? <laughs> be a great show, right? Are you smarter than a serial killer? That's a, like, probably most people aren't, though. I feel like you gotta be... It'd be a tough show. I feel like you gotta be pretty crafty to get away with murder. 
be a tough show. That many times. And you can put those death row inmates on, uh, and put them on, you know, give, give them a purpose in life again. It'll be like, <laughs> it'll <laughs> to prove that they're better they, they than they do it for free, so it's community service. <laughs> it'll be like that. What was that? What was that show we used to watch? It was the, uh, the show from, um, uh, I think it was from Japan. The uh, most extreme, most elimination. extreme elimination. <laughs> yeah. It'll be like that, except for with uh, with serial killers. Eliminator! And the boulders will be real, <laughs> <laughs> so they just get smashed. It'll be like Death Race, except for way more fun. I'm into that. Yeah, I'm into it. All right. So, like I said, uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Um, this is from uh, 1936 or ni- 1986. <laughs> a, a little different there. Uh, <laughs> I think I killed James. <laughs> <laughs> the eight, like, the, yeah, but God bless you, I think. The I almost eight had beer coming like out of three, my nose. Like it, 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 whatever. Um, 1986, uh, directed by John McNaughton. Michael you know Rooker I, has aged well. He's he really has. 147 years old now. And I he think he doesn't look a day over 50. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, uh, so this is directed by John McNaughton. You know what else John McNaughton directed? I uh, I don't. The name... Wild I, Things. Wi- oh, okay. <laughs> he went from Henry to Wild Things. Just, yeah, the, just, just know that. There was a scene in that that brought me into manhood. Into, into wait, which one? Uh, the scene where you see Kevin Bacon schlong. Oh, I thought you were talking about Henry. I was like, what <laughs> scene <laughs> in Henry brought you into manhood? around out there, baby. It's a different kind of manhood. <laughs> Yikes. Um, okay, so uh, if you've not seen it, uh, Henry, a drifter, commits a series of brutal murders, supposedly operating with impunity. Now, by the way, John McNaughton looks like he could be related to Lars Ulrich. Yes, he does. <laughs> really does. Um, so this is starring Michael Rooker. This is Michael Rooker's one of his first roles. He was actually still working as a janitor when he um, when he uh, auditioned for it. And yeah. ironically enough, the clothes that he wears in this movie are his clothes. They're yeah. his janitor clothes. He just takes his shirt off so that it wouldn't get blood on it during really? the scenes. Like, yeah, it, that's how low budget this movie was. Uh, so Michael Rooker plays Henry. You have uh, Tom Tolles who plays Otis. Uh, Tom Tolles, you would know if you're a fan of uh, a lot of the Rob, excuse me, Rob Zombie movies. Uh, he's in The Devil's Rejects, House of a Thousand Corpses, uh, the new Halloween. He's or well, Rob Zombie's Halloween. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, he's in those. Uh, and then you have Tracy Arnold who plays Becky, um, with not the good hair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she is not Becky with the good hair. Nice Beyonce pull. Right. I didn't even know you knew. I fucking hate Beyonce, <laughs> but I'm just saying. Um, so yeah, uh, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer is not what I would call a family film. It's, uh, <laughs> it's depends on the family, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, it's a, <laughs> Jay's, it, Jay is currently playing Ouija with him. He's <laughs> playing with his Ouija. <laughs> George, mom's banging on the bathroom door. Quit playing with your Ouija. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, it's a family film in the sense that uh, that um, there's some very interesting family dynamics within it. That's one way of putting it. Interesting, yes. Um, if you think incest is interesting. Oh, boy. <laughs> Man. Sorry, too soon. <laughs> the, 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 I'm just going to say it right now. The most, un- like, uh, you know, Henry is obviously the, the main character of the movie. It's Henry, portrait of a serial killer. But he is not the most unlikable character in this movie. He really isn't. Which is weird because he's just relentlessly murdering people. But mm-hmm. uh, but Otis definitely takes the cake on this one. Yeah, Otis is uh, pretty disgusting. <clears throat> um, now here's the crazy part, and we'll get. I'm gonna get into this a little bit later. But um, the Henry is based off of uh, Henry Lee 
Lucas. Uh, or, uh, yeah, Henry Lee Lucas mm-hmm. is uh, is the real life serial killer counterpart to Henry here. Mm-hmm. Um, Otis, uh, Otis Tool, I believe his name is. Otis Tool. Um, yes, Otis Tool. Yeah. He was also a real life serial killer who was best friends with Henry Lee Lucas, and some people would say they had a homosexual relationship together as oh, well. Okay. And if you had seen pictures of these guys from back in the day. <laughs> what? They are the most two disgusting looking human beings I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so the fact that those two might have gotten down, like I'm all for I'm all for for dudes doing their thing, but my god, like no. Everybody needs love, dude. No, Everybody needs this, love. This is how chupacabras were made. That's all that's that's what I'm saying. Um anyway though, uh these are both both characters and Becky uh, all three of these characters are based off of real life people that are in part of the real life story of these people. So, you were saying before that this is a fictionalized account of them. Well, it's, it's just loosely based, right? It's it's loosely based, I guess. The thing is, though, is that a lot of it's real. Like a lot more than you would think of the story is real. Yeah. So once we get through the actual movie, we'll get into that a little bit. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so. Uh, so Henry uh, lives with Otis. Uh, he's staying with Otis at his house for uh, a little while. Mm-hmm. And uh, Becky comes to live with Otis. She basically married a dude that beat the crap out of her, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Uh, she dropped Leroy. off... Leroy. She dropped off her baby at her mother's house and then went to go live with Otis. Mm-hmm. Um, What's her baby's name? Lurleen? Lurleen. 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 That's a weird name. Yeah. Um, sorry to any Lurleens out there. <laughs> Realize that I just maybe offended you all. We just lost our entire Lurleen listenership. Damn it! Oh, um, Lurleen, come back. Lurleen, 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 Lurleen. There you go. Oh, that was gross. Uh, yeah, so they're all living together in uh, in Otis's house, and uh, they don't they don't bury the lead whatsoever. Um, like. Henry does not hide the fact that he kills people. He was in jail. Otis tells Becky that he was in jail for killing his mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, Otis was also in jail for something. I forget what he was in jail for. I don't. Uh, he also. I don't believe well, it was murder, though. I don't remember. No, it wasn't murder because of what happens later in the movie. Yeah, but, he, uh, um, the the lead is kind of buried because you can you can tell when uh, the first time Otis and Henry are involved in a in a murder together. Otis is completely caught off guard by it. Well, that, well, no, but buried. When I meant by it's the the lead isn't buried. Like over oh, the audience. Yeah, the audience knows right away. Yeah, oh yeah. Henry is here, and and quite frankly, Henry doesn't hide it though. You know, um, Otis leaves the house one time, and Becky is like, "Did you really kill your mama?" And he goes, "Yeah, I guess I did kill my mama." <clears> like, like he just straight up tells her, and then goes into like the most awkward card table talk I've ever heard in my life about. Him and her both about their crazy upbringing and how their families she was, she like, was had about sex her, with them and her dad basically ugh. raping her and stuff like that and her and his mom would bring home strange men even when dad was home and she would make well, she was a prostitute his mother was a prostitute right she would make Henry dress up in a in a dress, dress and, and watch them have sex and if he didn't watch then he would be beaten so he's got some like major Oedipus complex stuff sure. going on. Which is what drives his. Uh, and his dad didn't have any legs. Kill. His dad had no legs, which in real life, 
his dad had no legs in yeah. real life his mother was a prostitute all right. that stuff is real this whole backstory that he gives is 100 percent real right which is insane <clears throat> so when they say loosely based I, it must be just the ending kind of, the kind ending of the... is the only thing to me that really stands out as not being accurate right that's it okay <clears throat> so it's like i yeah they took liberties with the narrative within the movie but yeah. for the most part the basic outline of what goes like on their lives actually the, happened the, yeah the story that they're giving you about their lives 100 percent real like i said with exception to the end and there's a really crazy crazy connection to one of these characters really that leads into a really crazy connection to another character that's not even in these movies I'll, but I'll get there. Just remind me to come back to that. Uh, if I do, no, you no, sure no, no, you don't no. want to just do it no, right no, now because no, no. we're gonna forget. No, because it gets into the whole real life stuff, and I want to get through the movie. Okay, first. all right, let's do it. But um, yeah, so so they live together. Um, Henry just like kills at will. He's he just kills for sport. He uh, when he sees somebody, he just likes to kill him, and that's all there is to it. There's no rhyme or reason to it. There's no um, underlying. I mean, except for his background, obviously. But like, there's no. The people he kills have not done anything to him. He just finds random people and kills them. Um, well, it's all women. Uh, uh, I guess not all women, but I, I, I think it, it seems to me like any men who are killed are just victim of circumstance because... Uh, not, not not really. He takes when, he takes Otis out to teach Otis how to kill him. They just shoot a dude. That well, that's... Over. But but that's Otis that kills that guy. That's true, I suppose. Every time... So the opening of the movie is pretty gnarly because basically what you see is uh, you see Henry just driving around. He's driving around in his car and then they're kind of doing like flashbacks to his victims and you see just women like one's in a river just floating in the yep. river. One is in a hotel room with a like a broken bottle sticking out of her face. Yeah. One is... Um, just like in a ditch somewhere, it's pretty. It's all pretty. Well, gnarly. that first one that was in the ditch was the very first one. That uh, that girl is perfectly replicated of one of uh, Henry Lee Lucas's actual victims. Ooh. You can find the real photo, like Ooh. down to a T. It's really, like, it's like, like she splayed out the exact same way. Yikes! Yeah, that's ooh. yeah, pretty great. These stories are nuts. Like if you're if you're if you're a bit squeamish, I mean, I know you're horror fans if you listen to this show but if you're squeamish about real life horror we've talked about this a lot i feel like the last couple weeks yeah maybe don't go div digging so deep into this sure. but um you know i i find serial killers fascinating because of the mindset like it's the psychology behind it like i do too i just i don't know why i just they're, it's fucked up like i get that but i i find it to be a little bit fascinating like, I, it just i don't know to me one of the most interesting things is the uh the relationships that they have outside of yeah, the killing. Sure, like sure. He, yeah. Like he, like uh, he, he forms a bond with Otis, and he forms a bond with um Becky. with Becky mm -hmm. for a while, and <clears throat> and he, like doesn't really give himself away as being a murderer right at first. You know what he I mean? He seems like a nice guy that just happens to kill people at first. Right, a quirky guy, but whatever. You're right. It's like uh, like when you th that's like I said, that's what always fascinates me about serial killers is the fact that they can kind of. They have two different sides. Like, there's the serial killer side, and then for a lot of these guys, they're like family men. There's uh, Robert Kuklinski, the Iceman, yep. who was, like, he would have been a serial killer probably just on his own, but he was noticed by the mob families in New York, and he was so, if you want to, in quotations, so talented at killing mm -hmm. that he was hired by all five mob families, yep. which is completely... That's unheard of for That's all a, five mob I families love, to use the same hitman. That's un, it's unheard of. I would love to see a movie or a really in-depth documentary on him. I'm There's, sure they exist, but oh well, they made the Iceman movie with Michael Shannon a couple oh, years ago. I didn't. Know and that. then and then there's the uh, Robert Kuklinski 
um, Robert Kuklinski tapes, I think, where there was a reporter who went in and talked to him hmm. extensively. Oh, I'll there, dude, there's there's a lot of crazy stuff on him, and he's crazy. he's like, I think he's I think he's credited as the most prolific serial killer hitman. in history. Yeah, they call him a hitman, but he's a serial killer. Well, sure, he's killed. He, he killed. He killed like two hundred thirty people or something like that. That's crazy. Jump change. But then, like the BTK <laughs> killer and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like just the fact that they have these families and stuff like they, those guys were both family men yeah they had wives and kids and then on the side they were just out just killing people it's so weird to yeah. me it's fascinating um, yeah so back to the story though yeah uh, sorry they all they all live together uh henry takes a shine to becky who is becky is otis's sister like mm-hmm. we said uh henry takes a shine to her and they're the, the first weird thing that you see is becky and henry have this this moment at the card table where they're basically divulging their dark demons and they both go into like these little trances when they're talking like they get so worked up especially henry mm-hmm. gets so worked up as to what he's talking about and um otis then comes back home and makes a comment about um uh, her getting him a beer or something like that yeah but first she's like showing them an i love chicago shirt and this is the first this is the first weird moment like you the see inkling that otis might be a real creep yeah like it's his own sister and she's like and they're like well put it on we want to see the shirt on you so she could have just walked out of the room i don't know why she didn't she says turn around turn around she was turning around and otis there is just trying to get peeks at his sister's giblets right. and uh <laughs> it was just like what the fuck like dude that's your sister yeah and then he tells her to go get him a beer, and she comes back, and he grabs her by the arm and start and tries to start like making out with her. And Henry, now taking a shine to Becky, like grabs him by the back of the hair and basically like threatens his life without threatening his life. He says, "He, he says, Otis, no, that's your sister." Yeah, which is interesting because he's a psychotic killer, but it's almost like he's got uh, like um, uh principles at yeah. the same time you know what i mean that is one of the fictitious part fictitious parts of uh this movie by the way that whole in confrontation real, in, in, well no in real life henry lee lucas mm-hmm. uh was a serial rapist and a child molester oh, like he was not he didn't have that that the, the that, code of honor, that, sort code of honor of, yeah. that, that they project in this movie right yeah, okay so I'm, just, I'm gonna give little tidbits as we go sure yeah um, you but, know, uh, but yeah, basically, he's like, "What are you doing? This is your sister. You fucking respect her." Basically, it's like she's mine. Is basically, I think that's more what he was trying to get at. Is she's mine? Yeah, I think. Yeah, was, I, think, I, think right. I think that's more what it was. Before we move on from this, you know what struck me as kind of interesting? Uh, he he seems to take a shine to her, but I don't know if he ever actually did, because I think that he was just so crazy. That there was really there was really no like humanity in him whatsoever well, because if you think about the stories that he told, you get within the movie the movie's only an hour and twenty minutes and yep. you get three different accounts of how he killed his mother. There was Otis telling Becky that he beat his mother with a baseball bat, mm-hmm. and then there there was Henry saying, "Oh yeah, I stabbed her to death." And then and in the same conversation, in the same conversation, he ends up saying, "I shot her." And then Becky says, "I thought you stabbed her." And he goes, "Oh yeah, I stabbed her." Yeah, he's completely detached. I think from his own it re- head, like it his own emotions. Me, well, it reminded me of there's a uh, people talk about um, Heath Ledger's Joker and how he changes his story about how he got his scars, yeah. and it's not it, it's not only because he's a psycho, but also because he's uh, he doesn't ever really want people to see the real. The real him so he changes the story all the time yeah and that's kind of what i picked up on from henry too like he's he's 
even when he seems like he's being honest to you, he's never really telling you the straightforward, honest truth. Well, that's another thing about Henry Henry Lee Lucas and Otis uh, O'Toole or Otis Toole both. Mm-hmm. They were both habitual liars. Yeah. They uh, when Henry Lee Lucas was arrested <coughs> in real life, um, he uh, eventually admitted to, depending on the reports that you read, anywhere from one to three thousand murders. What? Okay. <laughs> Um, and so in the news, it was always the most prolific serial killer of all time, Henry Lucas, and this and that. Yet both him and uh, both him and Otis, eventually, like it came out, they were only ever tried for again, depending on the report you read, uh, they were only tried for like nine to eleven, or Henry Lucas, or rather, was only tried, was only convicted of nine to eleven actual murders. Really? Uh, he went the one that he went to jail for was. The killing of Becky. Spoiler. Um, in real life. Oh, so in real did, life. In he, real so, life, he did the, the the ending. That part of the ending plays out sort of correctly. Right. Um, let's I just get through, let's let's get through the story. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So, go. There's not much to it. I mean, no. there really isn't. It's just, it's kind of like a slice of life kind of movie in in a weird way. And, and it's um, it, it's Becky, interesting because the the two movies we're talking about are opposites. Mm-hmm. They are the direct opposite to each other. Henry is all from the point of view of the killers. Yep, super low budget. And like, Zodiac is super high budget, super amazing cinematography. David Fincher, yep. you know, and told from the perspective, perspective of, of the investigators. And the so journalists, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, long story short, you have Henry obviously shine to Becky. They sort of become a thing. Spend a lot of time together. Uh, Henry eventually teaches Otis to kill. They go out one night to have a beer. Uh, and uh, they pick up some hookers, and while both of them are trying to get busy in the car, Henry just strangles Strangles the girl, snaps the the neck of the girl in the back, and then in turn snaps the neck of Otis's girl. Because she's freaking out. Drags him out of the car and leaves him. Otis is like, what the fuck? The one time that Otis is like sort of redeeming a little bit, Mm -hmm. um, he's like, what the fuck? And then Henry basically teaches him from there on how to kill. He's very manipulative too. Like it's it's pretty interesting to watch it all play out because obviously Otis is freaked out about this. Yeah. And they're sitting on the couch, and but it, he's interested by it. He's he's definitely intrigued by it, but it's this whole the 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 scene where they're sitting on the couch, and Otis is still still clearly like visibly shook by this whole thing, and Henry's sitting there going, uh, like he's so manipulative. He's saying like, um, it's either you uh, or it's them. It's it's either it's yeah, it's either you or them, and you know that, right? Like he always he always ends all of his statements with uh, a question nope. that's already been answered by him. He says it's either you or them. You know that, right? Yeah. Like when it comes down to it, you either have to kill or be killed, right? And so like he's answering the questions for so like he's really playing mind games with Otis and just making cuz Otis is just kind of a simp. Yeah. So he's so he's manipulating him into Otis, his way of thinking. Otis in real life had an IQ of 75. <clears throat> If that tells you anything about his character, yeah. not not a smart man. I feel I feel bad about using the term simp now because it's, it's negative connotations. No. But uh, um, yeah, that's so obviously he was able to be manipulated pretty easily by because yeah oh yeah well, yes. he's so, very impressionable. So very in your so in your like watching the uh, the the little mini series and stuff here that you were watching. Oh no, that was about Zodiac. That was about Zodiac. But you looked into this was. Otis or uh, Henry struck me as being very intelligent. Was he? Not so much. No. Not so much. Okay. Um. Not not that he was dumb. I think Otis was definitely a lot less intelligent than he was. Right. But they were both, like I said, habitual liars. They wanted the spotlight. They right. wanted. 
that's actually something that both both of our movies have a little bit in common. Um, they wanted the credit for everything. Really, like I, 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 Henry Henry uh, went on record saying that he was the one that provided Jim Jones with the poison in Jonestown. Really, like it's stuff like that. That like it's weird. Like a lot of the murders, like he got discredited for because it's it would be impossible for him to take to to do it. Mm-hmm. He would have had to commit a murder like from coast to coast in the United of the entire United States, killing like one like killing one person every single week for seven years or so. it was just some stupid thing. Like it was just impossible. Like, um, it's just crazy. It's yeah. it's crazy talk. Yeah. And, and he and a lot, most of them were disproven. Like right. so they wanted spotlight. Like he just wanted to be and when and I listen watched listen to an interview with him and he's like he's like, Oh yeah, you be, you know, it's it's all about the uh it's all about the fame. It's all about people knowing who you are. And mm-hmm. It's like he's just Delu- a delusions of grandeur. Yeah, he's a is Basically, what it was. Um, yeah. So, so Henry teaches Otis basically how to kill. Otis though spirals from there, whereas Henry keeps his shit together as a killer. Mm-hmm. Otis takes it and runs with it and just goes off the deep end. Right. They eventually break into some house, and uh, well, Otis they, they get a they get a camcorder. Yes, they got a camcorder. Which I'm not even going to tell you about that scene. Just watch the movie. It's a great scene. <laughs> I thought you were great, being serious for a second. Great, great as in like a holy shit it's, what the fuck scene. It's definitely the mo- like uh I've always heard people talk about how disturbing this movie is and I'm guessing this is the scene that most people are referring to because no, this No, I think it's it's not not that's not what I'm thinking of. Well, there are there are definitely some some big what the fuck moments but i like the tv scene i'm gonna leave it at that the tv scene i don't think that that was any better or worse than any other horror movie we watch like that's the kind of thing that you would see in a hatchet movie or you would see in a hell you practically saw the same thing in a friday in a um, nightmare on elm street movie Mm, well the remake you mean no welcome to prime time bitch we smashes her head into a tv like it's I'm talking wait no 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 I'm talking about the uh I'm talking about the scene that they caught on film. Oh, I thought you were talking about the scene where they went to go buy the TV. Sorry, oh, this no. is very confusing for anybody else. Oh no, no, that scene where they smashed the TV over the guy's head. Yeah. That's just that's just good that's just good horror that's fun. That's what I was talking no, about. So I'm that's talking, why you looked at me like I was crazy. No, I'm talking about the scene that they caught on yes, on yes. videotape and okay. then they kept watching it over and over. That's the most disturbing scene in the entire yes, movie to yes, me. Yes, yes it is. So and that's that, so, that's that's what I was referring to when I say yeah, people so say they, that this is a disturbing movie. So they break into they break into a house or whatever, and they hold a mother and hus- or a husband and wife uh, hostage. Basically, mm-hmm. um, the husband is like tied up on the ground while Otis has the wife basically just like molesting her and like pulling her top off and all. It's just it's a it's, it's gross, a hard watch. Whole, it's a really the, really hard watch. And then watch. the son com- the young son comes in and they kill him and yep. it's just it's awful. It's a and terrible then, scene. Otis goes to basically um, have sex with the dead wife after her neck gets snapped. Mm-hmm. And once again, Henry stops him because anything overly sexual it seems like he has a problem with right. in this incarnation of the movie. Now, it's interesting. In the original uh, script for this movie, mm-hmm. that scene went a lot further yeah. and Otis straight up neck rode that one. Oh, God. Um, yeah. It, 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 I'm, ha- I'm really happy that wasn't on film, quite frankly. Yeah. Because in real life... Uh, <laughs> Otis was a necrophiliac. He oh, really? Had sex with his some of his victims. Yes. He didn't. Uh, he didn't have a granny fetish, did he? <laughs> Why? Because what's the difference between a granny fetish and necrophilia? What? Yeah, a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. 
<laughs> I just heard that like yesterday. So that was the uh, perfect uh, uh, time leading up to that. Nice job, man. Oh, my God. I don't know that I want to be a part of that. <laughs> wow. Oh. Someone just did a spit take somewhere listening to this. Um, it's fun. We have fun, you know? So yeah. basically, though, so the, after this like horrific, horrific scene happens, um, they go home and they're watching it back on their TV and Otis is just replaying it. And, and then like, like putting it in slow-mo and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Which, um, which you know how terrible slow-mo was back in the days of VHS, pausing. VHS video it tapes. Yeah, it was, it was not, not good. Uh, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so then long story short, uh, you get to the end, you get to the end of the movie. Um, again, spoilers here. Everyone should know that by now. Mm-hmm. Um, they end up, uh, Henry leaves, because he gets again in a sexual situation with Becky, yeah, and he ends up taking off. And when he comes back, he finds Otis raping his sister. Otis is raping his own sister on the ground. Yeah. Um, and uh, so Henry basically Henry kills him. He throws him off and stabs him with uh, uh the end of a comb. I Actually, she stabs him. First. She stabs him in the eye. She yeah. stabs his eye out. And then Henry finishes him off, uh, and they basically run off. To basically. We, Henry's like, we need to leave here. We can't stay here. I have a sister that we can stay with on this ranch. San Bernardino. We're San heading Bernardino. out to California. We're going to stay here. For... It's it, it was interesting because Mike uh, Mike had mentioned right before we watched this movie, he's like, oh, man, I always, I always thought this movie was longer. Mm-hmm. I always thought it was like a two, two and a half hour long movie, but it's only an hour and 20 minutes. And I looked at the timestamp down on the uh, the DVD player, and it was at like an hour 18. And... Uh, Henry and Becky are on the road together just kind of talking about the future and like telling each other they love each other and stuff like that yeah. and I was like this is weird how are they going to wrap this up in three minutes and well, it's because Henry's a sociopath and um, he ends up they go to a hotel one night or a motel and everything looks fine he goes let's go to bed and the, in the next scene she's in a suitcase mm. and that's it like he it. he was not going to take anybody with him. He right. was on the run, and that's all there was to it. Yeah. He knew how to not get caught. Right. So this is so the, I want, we needed to tell you that though, because we're going to talk about the real life stuff. Mm-hmm. So in real life, he did not kill Otis. Otis did not die. Otis, they both got arrested, and they both died in police in in jail. In prison. Yeah. Okay. Um. So here's the crazy thing about Otis. You're familiar with the show um, uh, America's Most Wanted, John Walsh. Yeah. You know why John Walsh started that show? Do uh, you know the story behind why John Walsh started that show? Oh, wasn't it? Um, they have something to do with his daughter. His son. His son. His son Adam was abducted from a mall and was killed, and Adam's severed head was found. Yeah, jeez. Otis Tool is convicted of that crime. Oh my God! Crazy, right? Here's the crazier part about it: most people believe that he didn't do it. Really? Yeah. Because there's like there are a lot of people that were witnesses to it claim that they saw somebody else, somebody else who is also notorious, who was proven to be in that area at the time. Eyewitnesses can put him there. Um, now the Walsh family, from my understanding, is very okay with with the fact that Otis was Otis was who they thought it was all along. Mm-hmm. So they were very okay with this. Other people have a different theory. That theory is that the killer was none other than Jeffrey Dahmer. Really? Because apparently Jeffrey Dahmer and Otis Toole were active in the same area at the same time. Can you imagine living in that area? 
that's like two psychopathic serial killers running around. That's like a statistical anomaly. Yeah. To have two serial killers yeah. in the same area, that's like that's like a yeah. It's it's a fascinating winning, winning the worst kind of lottery kind there's of thing. Been a, there's been a lot of uh, articles written about it after the fact. You know, people putting pieces together and like a look back. You know, you know, is did Jeffrey Dahmer? You know, how this looks for him? This and that. It, look it up though. There's a lot of material on it. It's kind of a fascinating uh, thing to look into. But I, I read that. And I was just like, that's insane. That's absolutely insane. Like, they could have just said that it wasn't Otis, it was somebody else. But right. It was Jeffrey fucking Dominic. Oh, that's like, weird, man. Yeah, super, super weird. Hmm. Um, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, I that's was flabbergasting to me. I'm uh, I'm I'm looking at this right now, and... Uh, da, 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 he, he, so he did confess to it at one point in time? To which part? To the Walsh murder. Yeah, so he confessed to it, but then retracted it. Confessed to it, and then retracted it. Like, he was back and forth, because he lied about everything. But then it says Henry Lee Lucas had backed Tool's confession to the Walsh murder, claiming he had been in possession of the victim's severed head. But they both lied about everything. That's yeah. that's that's the problem. Is like they're they you they're they they're not trustworthy sources. You know, they'll say they did everything just for the fame for it. By the way, great now that I'm looking at the picture, that was great casting. Yeah. Yeah. Look up the picture of the of the two of of Henry and Otis together and then imagine those two guys banging. I <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, it'll ruin your day. Oh it will yeah, ruin no, your I, day. I, I saw a picture so of them both. Before we move on, um, here's the <coughs> one Excuse other me. thing that is different from the movies than real life. Mm-hmm. Becky was not Otis's sister in real life. Oh. Becky was Otis's niece in oh. real life. And in real life, Becky was not married with a daughter. Mm-hmm. Becky was 12 years old. Oh, God. So Henry Lee Lucas and had so- a relationship with, or 11, depending on where you read, I saw both, uh, with 11 to 12-year-old Becky. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's that. I was actually going to say, um, I was going to say this movie, you know, it's it's regarded as kind of a classic in the genre. And I feel like I feel like if you're a fan of the genre, you should probably see it at least once. But it does definitely give you just like a an icky feeling oh, watching yeah. it, and even, and and it's even worse knowing the true story. Like that's just ugh. even Roger Ebert gave this movie glowing thumbs up reviews. Did he really? Which is crazy. Wow. Um, basically, him saying. In the, in the, I, I watched a lot of stuff on this. In, uh-huh. in his at the movies review, mm-hmm. he was like, "Trash like Friday the Thirteenth will get passed with an R rating all the time." This and that, and blah blah blah. Henry, Portrait of Serial Killer was given an NC seventeen rating, mm-hmm. or I'm sorry, it was given an X rating, yeah. and uh, and they would not drop it down to an R. Mm-hmm. And uh, the director decided to not make any cuts. He goes, "I'm not cutting my movie," and it was sat on the shelf for years. And it wasn't until. Um, it started playing in like grindhouse theaters and yeah. it started getting a following and it did really well. Then it got theatrical releases because they just said, well, fuck it. We're going to play it. It finally and got its what theatrical release in 86, 86. Yeah. yeah. And Roger Ebert was one of those people that was like, like you have all these trash movies like Friday the 13th. And then you have like an important piece, you know, important art piece that comes out and they can't let, let it be played. And he has like a whole rant about it. Excuse me, sir. Trash like Friday the 13th. <laughs> Listen, Get your head out of your ass. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I I agree. <laughs> um, okay, so that is Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. If you've not seen it, uh, 
It's not for the squeamish. Call the family. But, have, uh, a, have, a, <laughs> have a movie night. <laughs> invite the kids. Um, yeah. Okay, so moving on to Zodiac from 2007. Uh, could not be, like, like you said earlier, could not be more of a different movie. Uh, this is directed by David Fincher. You would know him. Alien 3, 7, the greatest serial killer movie ever made, in my opinion. Uh, Panic Room, Gone Girl, more you know, recently. Uh, Heat of the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo as well. Mm-hmm. It's David fucking Fincher. He's he's a legend. Um, this movie is no no exception. Like this movie, to some people, is his masterpiece. I don't know that I would go as far as to say that this is his masterpiece, but it's a really fucking good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, in the late 1960s, early 1970s, my my vote goes to seven for that. What's up? My vote goes to seven for that. Oh, I agree. I agree. Uh, um, mm, no, never mind. Uh, Fight Club. Was that Fincher? Yeah. Are you sure? Yes. Oh. And, yeah, my vote goes to Fight Club. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, in the but, late but, 19... but seven's a close second. You done? Seven is a close seventh. You done? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Okay. In the late... See, the thing about David <laughs> Fitch... <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, Seriously, Jay? I'm done. Jay? Hit him. In the late night... Ow. In the late 1960s, early 1970s, a San Francisco cartoonist becomes an amateur detective obsessed with tracking down the Zodiac Killer an unidentified individual who terrorizes Northern California with a killing spree. Um, now, this movie almost is scene-for-scene scene accurate, uh, with the exception of a couple character uh, character types. Mm-hmm. Um, everything about this movie is as accurate as they could have possibly made it, which is really cool, down to they filmed some of the scenes in the exact spots where the murders took place. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Um yeah, I mean, they they really really cool went out of their way <laughs> to cool make people got everything there. authentic. So this is starring uh, Jake Gyllenhaal as Robert Graysmith, uh, who basically is like the lead. I would say that he's. Oh yeah, he's definitely. The he's lead. the co-lead. Yeah. I would say that actually, because Mark Ruffalo, who plays uh, Inspector David Tashi, uh, is the other lead. Um, you there's, there's this movie is a who's who of people. There's so many people in this. Oh yeah, you huge cast. Robert Downey Jr., who plays Paul Avery, who is the main. Um, a journalist at the not the Tribune, the Chronicle. Uh, yeah, the at the Chronicle, New York, the San Francisco, or San Francisco Chronicle. Yeah. Yep. You have Brian Cox, uh, who plays uh, Melvin Belly. Mm-hmm. You have John Carroll Lynch, who plays Arthur Lee Allen. Uh, let's see here, Chloe Sevigny, who plays Melanie, mm-hmm. which I didn't even realize that was her at all. Chloe Sevigny. Yeah, didn't even realize it was her. Yeah. I get her, and who is? The other girl, her dad made like nine hundred two and zero. Nice sound effect. Oh, um, uh, damn it. Uh, Why well, can't I can never think of her name? Crap, I um, can't think of her name either. Uh, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. I always get the I always get the two of them confused though for some strange reason. Tori uh, Spelling. Tori Spelling. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, Chloe Seven way 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 better to look at. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'm an ass. Uh, <laughs> well, her, have, face, uh, her face doesn't look like a foot, so it's a good start. <laughs> <laughs> well, you make me sound better. Um, you have Elias Cotiz. That's what I'm here for. I love Elias Cotiz mm. so much. Uh, he plays Jack K- Mullinax. Uh, Casey have, Jones. He can do have, no wrong. And then you have fucking Donald Logue. Donald I Logue, I love yeah. Donald Logue as Captain Ken Narl. You, you skipped over Anthony Edwards. Oh, Do- sorry, Anthony Do- Edwards, yeah. Dr. Dr. Green from ER, come on. Sorry. Yeah, but there's there's a mm. lot of other people, too. Oh, yeah. So many other people in this movie, even for just tiny little roles. Mm-hmm. They, this movie was casted so well. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, anyway, so the Zodiac Killer. I mean, if you don't know who the Zodiac Killer is, uh, he is a serial killer that <clears throat> would commit murders, and then he would send letters with uh, with with ciphers, which are like like puzzles. Um, yeah. How would you... Codes. Code, yeah, code, yeah. coded messages. Mm -hmm. He would send them to the newspapers because he wanted to be published in the paper. He wanted to be famous, He basically. wanted to be famous. Yeah. But he was also s s kind of a genius because he was never caught. Mm. And he, to this day, he was never caught. To this day, they still don't know who he is. There's lots of theories with different perps. Um, Ted Cruz. It's Ted Cruz. It's, it's Ted fucking Cruz. <laughs> there, there, there is one theory that it's Ted Cruz. <laughs> Although, I don't know when Ted was, Cruz was born, Ted but Cruz I think he was like, like a 19, teenager. He was like 1970, I think he was born. Okay. Something like that. Yeah, so, yeah. Not Ted Cruz, obviously. Nope. But it's still funny to think about <laughs> because fuck Ted Cruz. Um, <laughs> no, but like, uh, and that's the story of this. It's the story of the serial killer that will kill people, send letters, but it, it spans over a decade. Mm -hmm. You know, at least the story in the Zodiac spans well over a decade. And, um, well, by the end of the movie, it's 22 well, years. Yeah, by the end of the movie, it's 22 years. Yeah. Um, which brings me to, uh, my first criticism of the movie. What? Uh, I don't like. I feel as though this movie would have benefited, and I and I, and I almost hate to say this because they, it ruined Blade Runner, but this movie would have almost benefited from a little bit of narration, really? probably by uh, Goldsmith's character or Graysmith's character, oh, uh, Jake uh, Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal, yeah. Um, I just feel like it, it. They don't. I love the characters. I love, love, love the characters. Mm -hmm. But there is zero character development. You're kind of just thrust into this world, and you're just living with these characters, not knowing who they are, what their past is, what makes them them. Like Robert Downey Jr.'s character, you don't know anything about him at all. Yeah. You know nothing about him. It's just like you see him and then it's go. Same thing with Jake Gyllenhaal's character. You get a little bit more backstory with him because his story sort of builds. Mm -hmm. um, being that this story was, this movie was based off of the real life book that the real life Robert Graysmith wrote. Yeah. So it does center around his character more. So what, you see more of his development, I suppose. I guess what kind of backstory do you, did you really need on these characters, though? Um, I, not, I don't need to know their life story, but like, you but you don't have a connection with them. I guess is my point. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't they don't let you build up a, a, a connection between the viewer and the characters before they just throw them into the shit. That's all. You know, like why do we why do we care that that Paul Avery is spiraling into becoming an alcoholic? Like why do we? Oh, he already was, I suppose, but like he spirals even more. Mm -hmm. You know, why do we care that Robert Graysmith uh, is? Go is is also getting sucked into the. I don't know. So why do we care about the characters? I guess. Well, I mean, point. they kind of they. I, there's quick parts where they just kind of allude to because Robert Graysmith is a a cartoonist, right? Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't really have anything to do with like the uh, the ciphers that are sent to the Chronicle have nothing to do with him. But he you can see he that he, he instantly gets connected yeah. to it, and he mentions he mentions the fact that he was. Uh, um, you know, an Eagle Scout and stuff like that, but also the fact that he likes to do puzzles in his free time. He, you get the sense that he's not really, he doesn't really have much of a social life. Yeah, I don't think it was so much of of the murders that fascinated him. It was that cipher. Mm -hmm. That's what drew drew him to it. Because yeah, he was like moth to a flame with it. Right. And he honestly, went, like if if something like this happened today, I would do. That's the that's the thing that would because unfortunately we see we see 
news stories about murders all the time. Correct. It's terrible that we've become desensitized to the point where you see another news story about a murder and you're like, oh, geez, that sucks. But, you know, that's... Uh, well, that's the world we live in. What's even worse, but when what's you even have worse something that when you have something that pops up like this, where there's like the murderer is sending cryptic messages to like, it uh, it's like it, whoa, that makes it like theatrical. And yeah, like, people are, and myself included, people are fascinated by serial killers. Mm-hmm. They're fascinated by what's going on. Like I, I know I don't want to come off sounding like, like a sociopath myself, but like if something like like the Zodiac murders were to happen nowadays like in the detroit area or or anywhere for that matter i would kind of be fascinated you'd by be scared it. out of your mind i'd be glued to the tv but you'd also be fascinated like, yeah like I, I don't know what it is about like there was um there was that case a while back um where the dude would hide in his trunk and he would shoot people mm-hmm. out of his trunk and and like I said, I'm not I'm not trying to come off like I'm sounding like a no, creep you don't here. you don't condone any of this but stuff like, like it's all terrible. While that was going on though, I remember being like, oh my god, who's gonna be next? Where is this guy gonna strike next? Like I was fascinated mm-hmm. by it. like I don't want to see anybody get hurt, but at the same time, there's this might be the wrong word to use for it, but there's this almost romantic notion to it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, because the news does sort of romanticize what's happening in, in all the terror and all of the, the doom and gloom that they're spe- that they that they're spilling. Like, right. they almost romanticize it themselves because they make it such a spectacle. Right. And 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 you, it's I'm hard-pressed to not be drawn to that stuff when it happens. I know mm-hmm. that sounds bad, but it's true. Well, no, we had a, I think uh, most people are like that. A couple years ago here in Michigan on uh, Interstate 94 that travels down out of Michigan into Chicago and all that, it was around the Battle Creek area. Mm-hmm. There was a guy that was hiding on top of the freeway over on overpasses and stuff and was yeah. shooting driver's cars with a uh, high-powered <laughs> rifle. Yeah, I remember that. And um, right at the time that it was going on, there was a um, few people killed, I think. I don't know if anyone died or not. I, I know there was quite a few cars that were shot, um, people I injured. Re- I don't remember if anybody, like, I think, yeah, people were injured. I don't know if anybody ever died. And uh, But I had to drive through that area right around the time this was going on and we're uh-huh. passing through and it, you know I, i'm going well it's not going to happen to me but at the back of my mind when i'm coming up to that area i was a little terrified i was well, like because everybody thinks that oh it's not going to happen to me and right then next and then, thing you know, you know there, there's been eight ten cars shot across this time and i'm like what if i just happen to be driving through and this guy's shooting you know right yeah, well even freaky. here they, they have the uber driver uh, around the same area, I think that was uh, killing people mm-hmm. in Michigan yeah. here. Oh, and he, yeah. he just went on trial, or his trial ended, or or something the other day. Yeah, he was um, convicted. Yeah, yeah. He's in and prison he killed for quite life a few now. people uh, being an Uber driver. So yeah, there you that's go. Freaky, and but like you say, like pe- like it's it's so sensationalized in the media and and so prevalent, like in in what we see every day, that it almost kind of it becomes mythology even before it's even before it's over well, like you suddenly like because we're disconnected enough to where we think like oh it's not going to happen to me so you're just kind of sitting back and watching it like it's like it's a a movie almost which sure. is kind of a terrible thought but that's just what we do and human nature it's just in our nature to be fascinated by these kinds of things yeah it's it, like I said, it's the spectacle of the whole thing yeah um now granted if you're in in the shit it's less spectacle and more terrifying, right? But, which which you see in this movie, you know. Um, obviously, Robert Ave or uh, not Robert Ave, Robert Gray Smith. Uh, no, um, Paul Ave. Oh, Paul Ave. Yeah. It drove him nuts because yeah. he was called out, like he like, like the he felt like he was being, I think, singled out by it because he got called to his house. Is that what it was? He like went through this weird. Paul Avery. Yeah. 
Well, I think Paul Avery just kind of spiraled because he was, I think his his problem was mostly he thought he was kind of untouchable as a as a reporter and then just like would it, he ended up leaving he ended up leaving the chronicle and going to work for some like tabloid or something like that, Is that what I think was? the person who really spun out was Graysmith cuz he got so invested, well, he got so invested and so yeah. obsessed that it ruined his marriage so ruined his the... life like he stopped eating he was just on this case day and night yeah so over the course of the uh, the movie basically just follows the murders as they happen through the time so mm-hmm. you get a lot of time jumps in this movie yeah which is another reason why i thought the narration might actually work better because it would just bridge all the pieces together mm-hmm. cuz you kind of like you go from like this scene to okay now we're 5 years later now we go to this scene it's 2 years later like mm-hmm. You know, and and there's no filling of the gaps of what happened in between those times. I think it was because there was literally nothing that no, happened. No, but but I just feel like narration would bridge them a little bit better. That's sure. all. You know what I'm saying? Like 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 Graysmith could narrate the fact that you know, oh, nothing happened for two years. You know, I got married to the love of my life. Blah blah blah. Like just narrate his life a little bit more. Just give being, something to being that weave it was, everything uh, together. I wonder if like being that it was a David Fincher film, and he had already had two really successful films that kind of went with that formula though i wonder if he wanted to stray away from it because both fight club and seven had the the overarching narration Maybe. from one of the That's main possible. characters you know what i mean That's possible i suppose um but yeah so so robert graysmith ends up uh meeting a woman on a blind date and their and their their date goes horribly awry <laughs> yet yet she's loving it because it's the most interesting date she's ever had right and then you fast forward five years and they are married they have a kid and this is when his spiral into uh, Zodiac really takes hold because mm-hmm. he realizes that Zodiac's been quiet for a long time and he's just getting lost to time and no one's telling the story. None of the departments have ever really shared their own findings. So no one's ever put the pieces together, mm-hmm. which is crazy to me. You have That's a serial killer yeah. and they're not sharing information. Like, you got to like, but when he goes into the, uh, it's not in Vallejo, where is it? When he goes to see Elias, Elias Coteus's character, is that Vallejo? Yeah. Where he goes to see his character, and he goes, he's like, I, I think it's Vallejo. He, it's, he either, can, it's either Elias Coteus or Donald Logue's character, one of the two. He, yeah, I believe Vallejo but he, was. But he he yeah. he says like, you know, can I just go in and look at the files? Like, and Elias Coteus's character tells him, well, you can't write anything down. You can just look. You got to yeah. remember it all. And he goes in and he's like, there's the all, there's all the information. And he's like, in this box? And he's like, no, all of those. It's like an entire wall of boxes. So that's, that's a ton of information. Sure. Because not only did they have all of the information from the actual murders, but they had thousands and thousands of people calling in uh, to report suspicious activity. And then they had hundreds of people calling in claiming to be the Zodiac Killer. Yeah, sure did. So that's like... It, and especially for the times, it seems reasonable that it was hard for them to uh, share all of this information between departments. Well, I think a lot of those departments, too, it wasn't that they didn't want to help each other, but I think a lot of them just they felt so protective of everything. Like, I don't mm. You know, it, it, it seems dumb in retrospect. You look back at it, and you're just like, well, just just share your findings. Like, <laughs> it seems really dumb. Um, it's, so it's also during this time, though, that uh, Mark Ruffalo is moving on from the case. You know, he's not really looking into it anymore. Uh, he's still ahead in, in ahead of the, uh, the investigation. Mm-hmm. But he's, you know, he's not as active in the entire investigation as he once was. Right. Um, and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is just like, what are you doing? Why are you not working on this? And he's like... 
you don't seem to understand. Like this is this is a guy that killed four people and like two hundred people die every month. Like there's when you move on because there's more pressing things going on. He right. hasn't shown his head. This and that. Yet, um, yet, inst- uh, you know, David Tashi, uh, Mark Ruffalo. He's this is the one that got away. Like he never was able to solve this case. So in the back of his head, he still wants to yeah, solve you could tell this us case. So was kind of driving him crazy. So he starts quote unquote working with uh, Robert Graysmith. And that he's kind of feeding him information unofficially, like giving him little clues as to where to go, what to do. And he's basically letting Graysmith do his footwork for him to try to get info that he could not get as a cop. Right. Like going to other uh, other counties and looking at their records and seeing what they have. And like there's one point where he goes, you got that at where? Oh, it's it's in Vallejo County Records. Oh. And, it's like, and he gets pissed off because he knows that they didn't share that information. Right. Um, and he does the the classic like I, um, you, I can't. I'm a I'm a cop. You're a civilian. I can't just talk to you about this stuff. But if I were to talk to you about it, I would tell you to go see this guy. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, like like I can't tell you anything. Like, I can't tell you to go see. Yeah, that Margaret Thatcher. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> not 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 Margaret Thatcher. But <laughs> oh, conspiracy. Maybe Margaret Thatcher was behind this whole thing. Margaret Thatcher naked on a cold day. Margaret <laughs> Thatcher naked on a cold day. <laughs> The Austin Powers. Yeah. That is reach back to Austin Powers. <laughs> Damn. Reached um, around. Mm. But um, anyway, though, yeah, like, uh, so, and, and they go through their ups and downs too. It gets to a point where Graysmith is so insane about this. Ruffalo gets fired because it's found out that he's leaking information. Like, he gets taken off the case and, like, everything spirals. And Well, the, the reason he ends up getting fired is because it's been a long time since Zodiac has sent a letter. Yeah. And then he sends a letter specifically to Tashi. And it's suspected that he wrote the letter himself. Yes. Which turns out to be false. But there was a, there was a, a columnist who was doing a, like a, it was almost, I, don't, it, I got the sense like it was a, like a narrative piece. And Tashi was one of the characters. Mm-hmm. And so Tashi wrote a couple letters to the guy who was writing the narrative piece after he stopped writing that character into the narrative. And he and it, like Tashi wrote to him because he kind of liked seeing himself in this narrative. And he's yeah. like, yeah, you should really bring that character back. He was super interesting. And so they thought that he was writing those letters, uh, um, not ambiguously, what the hell's the... Anonymously. Anonymously. Yeah anonymously and that and then they thought that he wrote the that this uh the zodiac letter to himself as a way to get publicity oh which is like any i don't know like obviously looking at it from an outsider perspective you could see that the guy was never about publicity no no like it, the well, whole Tashi wasn't the least no the yeah. whole yeah the whole idea of him writing a zodiac letter to himself seems absurd but he gets though he's he starts to spiral because like He's worked on this case for so long. Right. And now he's taken off of it. You know, he can't touch it. And Graysmith, though, is just getting deeper and deeper into it. So far to the point where he goes to Tashi's house one night and just, like, starts banging on the windows. Like, you need to talk to me. Even mm-hmm. though he told him, you know, more than once that he wants nothing to do with him anymore and this and that. But Graysmith brings enough to the table to where Tashi's full on back into it. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they reconcile a little bit over brunch in a delicious looking diner. And they... um. <laughs> And yeah, like they they're they're back in the thick of it. They're mm-hmm. they're working together again, um, and that's that's essentially the movie. Like, how do you? The weird thing about this is like, how do you make a movie that doesn't have an ending? It's gotta be frustrating, right? You know, and I think that's why they had to 
base this movie around Graysmith because it's his ending, sort of. Right. You know, making this book or whatever, and they and they bookend it with the first uh, killer or the first victim, the first male victim that they show get shot up doesn't actually die, and so they bookend it with him getting shot, and then at the very end they bring his character back. Um, and I I feel like too like this must have been. Um... So this is obviously based off of the novel written by Robert Graysmith. Um, they must have just I, this. This story has obviously been on the minds of people for a long, long time. But it still is. But it, but not not to the point where it was actually in the public eye for a long time. Like it, it was I in the public. A, yeah, the like, general public this, probably moved on from. This it. brought the idea of the Zodiac Killer to a whole new generation of people who are now wondering like what really happened. Like this movie or his book. Um, both. Well, the, because the book came out back then. Yeah, the book but came out. This back movie then. came out in what two thousand seven. Uh, and in, this... in some places, I, I don't know how true this is. IMDb has this listed as a fact. I did not look into it, mm-hmm. but IMDb has it listed as a fact that after this movie was released, mm-hmm. the case was reopened. Right, that's what I'm saying. So it's so like direct impact. It, it brought yeah, it brought it brought a, a whole new generation of uh, people who wanted to investigate this out of the woodwork and. And, uh, and and got them reinterested in this case, which, uh, like I, you should with like cold cases like this, sure. like especially ones that are with 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 a prolific killer, like somebody who he he claims he's another one of these the Zodiac killer, he or she, you know, you never really know who it might be, but yep. uh, the Zodiac killer claims hundreds of murders, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Not just the... Uh... Well, he, he claims 37. Oh. 37 was the number that he claims. Oh, he only claimed 37? Correct. Oh, so he uh, so there were nine attributed nine attributed to him? Oh, uh, yeah, I don't but know. But he claimed number. 37? Yeah. Is that because what it is? On, on his, on, on okay, the so final, I misspoke with the hundreds. On the final letter to, or one of the final letters to the San Francisco Chronicle, um, in the movie at least, um, it said, at the very bottom of it, it said, me, 37... And then uh, SFPD zero, mm. and so that's what he was claiming okay. as his number. I think I was um, mixing it up with the Bundy tapes because Ted Bundy ended up claiming like oh, two hundred fifty yeah. murders yeah, or something yeah. like that's, that. Yeah, that's what you're doing. Yeah. So that's the movie though. Like the movie that that's it. It's basically it's the retelling of the of of very accurate retellings of the murders that took place. Yeah. And the stories of the people trying to find them. All the people existed. All of them like are for the most part very real. Uh, Fincher went out of his way for authenticity mm-hmm. with us, and it shows. Mm-hmm. Um, couple of things though that were not authentic. Uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character Paul Avery. It shows that he basically left the Chronicle and basically moved on, moved into like a tabloid, like a tabloid. rag. Yeah, he moved on to do that or whatever. He became an even more of an alcoholic. He ended up dying of emphysema, of, not emphysema, of uh, empha something or other. He had a hard time breathing. Oh, okay. Well, that, that would be emphysema, it's wouldn't not, it? I don't think it was emphysema, though. Look it up real quick. Yeah. Um, how Paul Avery died. Because in real life, though, he died of the same thing. However, what they what they failed to mention in this, though, is that he did not get fired or leave the Chronicle. He actually ended up doing another piece for another big serial killer after this. Um and that, or, or a big murder piece after this, he had a wife and he had kids. They and they did not show any of that in this movie. 
pretty accurate depiction of him in the movie yep, yep. now that I'm I'd looking at so. like real pictures of him. <laughs> I'd say so. Um, so he ended up doing what? He had a wife and kids, which they did not talk about in the movie Oh, no, whatsoever. they just portrayed him as a and he did bachelor not, who liked to do a bunch of coke and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and he did not leave the Chronicle. He went on to have success, like I said, in another, in another murder story. I don't know if it was a serial killer, but there was another st- uh, murder like high profile murder case that he was covering. Okay. So he's he that 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 does not depict him. He did uh he correctly. did die from emphysema. Is emphysema, okay. Complications with it, yeah. Why they changed his character for this movie is beyond me. Everything else was so accurate. I don't know why they changed his character. Um maybe he didn't want it mentioned. Who knows? Um Were you talking about uh Patty Hurst? Is that the case that he Yeah, uh yeah, I believe so. The uh the kidnapping of Patricia Hurst. Maybe, is that what it was? Yeah, high-profile uh, case. Avery joined forces with Chronicle reporter Tim Findley to produce a series of stories detailing the kidnapping and writing about the members of the little-known band of revolutionaries called the Symbionese Liberation Army. Okay. Avery covered the Hearst case until the newspaper heiress turned bank robber was arrested in September 1975. Oh, so that's that's an interesting case. So did she fake her own kidnapping and then join, join these... I know Join these nothing. people and start robbing banks. I I know literally nothing about that. That's um, that's pretty crazy. But yeah, so that that was the main thing I think that was that was different from uh, from that. Uh, the only other thing is that Robert Graysmith and Paul Avery were not actually friends in the in the movie. They fictionalized that relationship a little bit. Oh okay. I think they worked together, but they were not friends in the in the way that they portrayed it. Um, but that's that's basically it. I wouldn't, though, I wouldn't really say was... that they portrayed them as friends in the movie. <laughs> they Robert Graysmith as... was just like a ever present kind of nuisance. They almost portrayed to them as Paul Avery. They, they, they but they were friendly. Okay, that way. sure. More friendly than they probably were in real okay. life. Okay. Um, so this is this is crazy. Uh, apparently on the set, this is before. Sorry, the burps are real with this barley <laughs> wine. Um, this was Robert Downey Jr.'s, I believe, last movie before Iron Man. They both came out the same year. Oh, was it really? And I want to say that uh, after Iron Man, obviously, Robert Downey's career shifted mentally, yeah. like uh-huh. monumentally. Uh-huh. Um, and proven by this is, uh, I'm just going to read this this little blurb. I got this from, again, IMDb. Sure. So, but I feel like I've heard this somewhere before. Okay. And I didn't know what movie it was. But it says, Robert Downey Jr. was so unaccustomed to the experience of both David Fincher's multiple takes and the process of filming digitally that he rebelled against David for, quote-unquote, Rebelled. Rebelled. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Against David for, quote-unquote, having no time to get my shit together in my trailer by hiding mason jars full of his urine on set. Wait, what? Robert Downey Jr. would piss in jars and just leave them around sets they reeked everywhere. Oh. That was his way of getting back at David Fincher <laughs> for not giving him time to get his shit together. Uh, actors are funny. <laughs> well, this is also Robert Downey like, right at the very tail end of was he st- wacko Robert Downey, you know? Was he... So he wasn't cleaned up at this point, you don't, I don't think? I don't know. I know that on supposedly on Iron Man he was. Uh-huh. But that kind of behavior doesn't sound like the behavior of a normal person. But then both of these movies were released in the same year. So mm-hmm. I have, I mean, granted, maybe this was filmed a few years earlier. Yeah. And it wasn't released till that year. Maybe Iron Man was way quicker to get out. So maybe that year or so. Conjecture. I have no idea. <laughs> but like, crazy though. That's yeah, a crazy that's weird. story. Yeah. The only other person I've ever heard of that is from Willem Dafoe. 
Willem Dafoe supposedly in a lie in a, a theater setting made an assistant hold a jar of his urine through the for the entire thing. What? Because the guy pissed him off. Yeah, it was it's a weird story. Super weird story. Dude, what what is wrong with Hollywood actors? I, 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 they're all prima donnas. I don't know. But, but um, if if you're like, do you think as an assistant in Hollywood, I guess you want to make inroads so that you can stay in the in 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 the uh, like in the trade. But if somebody walked up to me and said, "Hey, you're gonna hold my jar of piss for the rest of this production," I would throw it at their face and be like. I'm going to go get a different job, and you're going to get a face full of piss. That's you not where I thought not, you were going with Not that. worth it. Why? What'd you I think I thought you were going to be like, you want me to hold this piss? <laughs> slam that thing, slam the cup <laughs> on the ground, and be like, I ain't holding shit. <laughs> the, 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 the ultimate show of, uh, of um, conviction. I love this job so much, I'm about to drink Willem Dafoe's dirty piss. I'm sure it's dirty. It's yeah. sterile. I don't know why. But it's it sterile and I enjoy like, the taste. I just feel like Willem Dafoe probably has like caramel colored piss. <clears throat> I don't know why. <laughs> it's just, this is what I think. Um, Actually, I think I saw that on, on IMDb. Oh, is that what that, it was? That yeah. very oh, fact. Okay. He pisses so, caramel. So here's the deal. So I watched, I told you that uh, miniseries based on Zodiac, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now they had, now this movie, this movie uh, and also in real life, uh, Robert Graysmith, um, he pegs uh, <laughs> yeah, he, I'm listening. He pegs Arthur Lee Allen, Arthur Lee Allen as the Zodiac. Yeah, he is convinced that's who it is. That's what the movie basically gives off. Right, um, and that's who he believes in real life is. Mm-hmm. Now, this miniseries that I watched, they have two completely different other suspects. They have one guy named Ross something or other. I forget I forget what his last name is. But then there's another guy named Lawrence Kane. Uh, these are the two guys that fit the profiles. They fit like, every like little detail they can attribute both of these guys to. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they cannot rule out one or the other. Uh, Lawrence Kane, though, is uh, the more, I think, uh, likely suspect out of the two of them. But here's the crazy thing. Um, you know, Aside from having different suspects, they also went to work in this miniseries of, you know, trying to solve the cipher because that code, that coded message was never solved. People mm-hmm. have tried over the years. Um, however, you know, this is one of those History Channel, like, five-episode, you know, series. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing about it is usually you don't get much out of those. However, on this particular one, uh, one of the guys working with this team of code crackers actually believes to have cracked the code like he actually deciphered the z340 cipher really which is the main that big main one yeah um and it's pretty convincing honestly they they went through like they actually like i've never seen this done in one of these history shows before but they actually showed as part of the um you know the suspense or whatever i get i get that it's all suspenseful but mm-hmm. they actually showed footage though of the producer of the show calling his boss and being like they actually found something. Like, what do we do? <laughs> like, like, cause usually that kind of stuff doesn't happen. They sensationalize right. whatever they're covering and that's it. But they actually like cracked something that they actually did. And they're talking about calling the FBI and all this stuff. And this was in connection with, uh, Lawrence Kane. Well, no, well it's, it's this, it's just the, the cipher. Oh, okay. So not necessarily one of them. I was more illustrating the fact that they had different people in mind for this. By the way, I think was the other girl, uh, the other girl, the other guy you were looking for, uh, Earl Van Best Jr. No, no. Because because it, I watched something earlier about it too. Um, Earl Van Best Jr. 
Lawrence Kane and Arthur Lee Allen, I think, were the three biggest suspects. Yeah. Throughout the entire thing. Okay. Well, there's another, like I said, there's another dude named Ross something or other. Okay. But, um, so anyway, so the show, though, they actually think that they cracked it. And the cipher was supposed to give the name, like if they deciphered this code, he would get the, the he would give his name at the bottom of it, right? Right. Well, at the bottom of it, it's crazy because you have like the first, the first third of the cipher is completely decoded, mm-hmm. but then everything below it minus the last line mm-hmm. is just gibberish. Yeah. And so he thinks that either it was made to throw people off mm-hmm. or there's a cipher within a cipher and they need to now decode the second part in a completely different way. However... Did they touch on this in the, the movie? The name... No, no. This is all... Well, this because is, there was the one part where uh, they decoded the first cipher. It, it was the uh, the couple. It was uh, like yeah, a, that part, an, an, that, an old married couple who... Dis- that part was real. And then at the bottom, there was just a series of... Le- like, they called them leftovers. Just leftover letters. Yeah. And Jake Gyllenhaal's character, uh, Robert Graysmith, starts writing down it basically it's like an anagram and he starts writing down everything that he can find within that anagram yeah well is that is that what you're talking no, about or not? no no this is the big one this is like the big full page one oh, okay, with the okay. big symbol at the bottom right but the bottom where he was supposed to sign his name and give his name mm-hmm. he wrote richard nixon as his name at the bottom <laughs> really? at least that's what this decoding thing says but and then the show you know they brought it to um they brought it outside of their bubble and brought it to a a um an expert. Mm-hmm. Well, they're all experts, but sure. like the an expert in the field that they look up to, right? right. And uh, he gave his blessing on it, and then they brought it up to like a guy higher than him, and he gave his blessing. Mm-hmm. And like they they say on the show, this is probably one of the most important things to happen in cryptology in the last fifty years. And and I was reading about it online today, and this is yeah, just a stupid History Channel documentary, but like the it's taken as like it's it's on the books now like it's a thing so it what it, so what was the ultimate takeaway from it was there another name that not came much. up or it, no no nothing really it was basically they said that it sounds like it was very much written with the same voice that the zodiac used mm-hmm. it sounded like the zodiac yeah you know there are certain words that he used throughout a lot of the different letters like you know certain stuff people, he would misspell even yes oh that's like actually a big part of it yeah um and also it's like you know when Certain people use a certain vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Like I use the word fantastic a lot. I use the word whatever. Right. And you can that that, that that's a pattern. You right. can tell that from certain things. Like mm-hmm. he he called what was going on a game a mm-hmm. lot. You know, there's certain other little things, which is kind of fascinating to watch. And one of the other things that they uh, uncovered in this is that uh, there was another possible zodiac letter in 1973. The last official Zodiac letter was 1969. Mm-hmm. However, there was another letter sent to the Albany, sent to the, uh, sorry, let's start over here, sent to the press in Albany, New York. Okay. And the crazy thing about it is that it the, the letter basically says, um, I'm still alive. I'm not dead. I think, I think this is the letter. You know, um, I'm still here. I'm going to start killing again. Hmm. Um, the thing about it is, though, is that both of the suspects that they have on the show mm-hmm. were both in Albany, New York at the time that was written, which is a really crazy coincidence. Really? Yeah. And so so I, I look forward to like learning more about this, but um, that one's not confirmed. Like, it's not like part of the letters. You know, it's it's one of those fringe kind of things. But right. I don't know. I think it's pretty fascinating. So, so overall, like between watching the movie and watching this uh, mini doc, did you do you have a 
Do you have a thought, like a, a, a theory on who it was? Um, no. I think the Lawrence Kane guy fits really well based on what I've what I've seen, but I'm not going to base a, a thought on that based on a, a History Channel doc. You know what I'm saying? Like, I there's think, so much uh, more. There's so much more to learn about everything. For me personally, even though there's some some small details that uh, that point in a different direction, I think that Arthur Lee Kane or uh, Arthur Lee, um, the hell's his last name? Arthur Lee. I can't think of his name. The 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 main derp, guy in derp, the derp. Arthur Lee Allen. Yep, that's the one. I think that he fits the bill more than anybody. I think that he does as well. I think that he's a good fit. Es- especially so there's there's just too many like weird little coincidences like uh, the fact that during his police interview he was wearing the Zodiac the watch. watch. Yep. That had it was a Zodiac brand watch with that exact symbol that was used. As his uh, as his signature on all of these ciphers, and also a couple years prior, he was actually talking to one of his um, co-workers and basically detailing all of this stuff for him before any of the killings started. Like, oh, if I was going to be a serial killer, this is what I would do, and I would yeah. call myself the Zodiac, and I would um, I would kill people in this way, and then I would single out a uh, a, a children's school bus yeah. and I would pick the kiddies off as they were walking off the bus one at a time and this is all stuff that popped up in the ciphers later on or not the ciphers but the actual letters yeah, that were yeah. the, like it, it all seems too it's crazy too obvious yeah. for it to not be him I agree but at the same time it's still it's still considered an open case yeah I, I agree and uh, I mean he died yeah in like 19... 19- I don't know. Is it uh, eighty something? I think yeah. or whatever. But like he died, but um, of a heart heart complications or something or other. Oh, he died um, of a, he died. It was it was when they they the the police had they finally came around to the idea that they like they thought they pinned it on him, and so the police set up a they scheduled a, a meeting with him, and he died of a heart attack like a week before the meeting happened. Jeez. So if it was if it was him, they'll never know. But no other Zodiac letters were ever released to the press after he died. Yeah. And the times that he spent, because he ended up going to jail for other things like child molestation and stuff like that. And when he was in jail, there was no Zodiac activity. Yes. And so was, more than likely it was probably him. when he was released, him. there was. It started again. Yeah. Right. No, it's, it's, it's crazy. I, uh, it's a fascinating case, and if you're if you're interested in it, obviously do some homework on it. Like, there's tons and tons and tons of literature out there. Uh, read about it; it's fascinating. Um, once again, these serial killers, like they're, it it sounds super macabre to say it, but I'm fascinated. Yeah, by it's them. pretty fascinating. You know, uh, yeah, they're crazy stories. You can't write that shit. No. So. Yeah. Anyway, I think that'll do it for this week, ladies and gents. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to, if you want to watch, um. Zodiac, that one's on Netflix. Yeah. And uh, if you want to watch Henry... Uh, Henry is on Amazon Prime. Oh, is it really? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so go watch them. Let Didn't us know what you think. that till today. <laughs> oh. Well, you own it anyway, so it doesn't really matter. So, yeah, that's it for this week. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on SoundCloud, Instagram, and Facebook at the Buzzkill Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at the Buzzkill PC. You can find us on all major streaming sites. 
Uh, that's one through like a thousand, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you can find us on all those. Uh, you can also find us on uh, Tinder. Swipe right. Mm. If you want to find J-Rodge. You can find me on all social media at Ocean Recording and also check out www.oceanrecordingstudio.com for all your fantastic audio needs. That's all right, right, boys. So before we go, Ooh. we're going to do something we haven't done in a while, gents. The, uh, uh, the Wheel of Pizza Death is wheel, back this week. The Wheel of Pizza Death is back. I just need to load it up on my phone because I am... Just got to load it on your phone uh, and then go, it takes five and a half minutes all to right. actually roll. We got this. Ready go. for this? Turn this... Got to turn this volume up because I know how much you love it. <laughs> you really, you really don't. Oh God, the worst. <laughs> <laughs> you missed it. You know you did. Let's see Ten here. Ten minutes later. Oh. And it landed no, on the no, it one. Didn't. No. <laughs> it landed on the one thing that we actually don't have in our, our list. What is it? We have 11, 11 different options on the wheel. We have 10 things to choose from. <laughs> this was uh, TV show episodes. We did that for Twilight Zone, which we will add back in, but we're going to put that in sparingly because it takes a long time. Oh, God, so. you're re-rolling it. re roll This is awesome. This is good radio right here. Wait. Wait. Oh, all right. <laughs> so we uh, we landed on compare and contrast. What is, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> you used to know these things. <laughs> it's uh, been a compare while. Compare and contrast the fog, and the fog. Oh, okay. So we're watching the original and the remake. Oh, cool. That is next week's episode. All right. Yeah. This is why I like doing the pizza death because we never know what's coming up either. You know. So it's, yeah, I like that. Yeah, throws us through a loop. All right, cool. So uh, next week. For the watch list, The Fog and The Fog. John Carpenter and the guy from Smallville. That's that's what you got. <laughs> Tom, uh, Tom, Tom Welling? Tom Welling, yep. All right. All right. Okay. Well, uh, until next week. Cheers, boys. Cheers. Try to have a good night. <laughs>